When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's SENZ Summer Breakfast. Uh, Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Ball with you through to 11 o'clock today. Morning, Mitch. How's it going, Ricardo? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good, good. Well, what, was, what did your day entail yesterday after you left this fine establishment? Oh, yesterday, gym. Yeah, yeah. straight to the gym. Uh, yeah, not the bar. Not the, the gym. bar, no. <laughs> straight to yeah, the gym. Okay. Yeah, yeah, then I, home. I reckon uh, that's the go, though. I reckon you should open a bar called the gym. It'd be gone, wouldn't it? It would be. And then every, you could, you're just like, mate, where, where are you going? Oh, I'm just off to the gym. Sweet <laughs> ass, no problem. <laughs> Never be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, the wife's cracking down on me. So it's the old FaceTime check-in when I'm at the gym. Right. Yeah, and yeah. she's saying, oh, Kobe wants to see you. Yeah, yeah, she's just making sure I'm working out. Must be getting a bit tubby, I reckon, Ricardo. <laughs> hey? She's on me. She's on me. She's on no, you, mate. She's good. She's all good, though. That's good, I'll need mate. to lose a little bit. Because so. there used to be a bar, actually, out your way out, Botany, called The Office, which I think was called yeah. that for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, i just got to go back to the office, yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm just at the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yourself, what you get up to? Uh, what do I get up to? Uh, not uh, not a whole heap. Um, just kind of went and hung out with my daughter for a while. Beautiful. You know, she's, um, she's kicking around school holidays and stuff. So nice. so we did some bits and pieces, gave uh, gave mum a break. She she shot off to the garden centre because she, she likes to tutu in the, the garden. The, the garden centre. Is this yeah, like it's a... It's another bar, yeah. It's another bar. <laughs> it's another bar, the garden centre. Um, but yeah, yeah, so no, it's just... It was, it was pretty chill, bro. Right? Pretty, oh, pretty chill. Just, yeah. Just uh, did that and then uh, disgusted her by putting on the uh, T20 cricket on the TV when she wanted to watch Sing uh, or something. Uh, uh, but I was like, nah, you're on a screen ban for giving me attitude so you can watch the cricket with me or nothing. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Beautiful. And wasn't she uh, treated to some proper hitting from... From Ben McDermott. How good. Almost said Craig McDermott. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, any relation? I think he's nephew of. Nephew of? Oh, yeah. oh no, no, no. I don't. No, there was a, there was a McDermott who bowled. Yeah, that was oh, his that was, son, I yeah, thought, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That was oh, Craig's that was son. Chick, actually. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. might be. But Ben McDermott, I mean, that was, I was talking Super Smash, actually, but you're right, in the Big Bash. Oh, geez, that yeah, was an early. Yeah, it was that early, mate. <laughs> uh, but ben, ben McDermott for the um, Hobart Hurricanes. Mm. Back-to-back centuries. I think, is that the first time ever in the first Big Bash? First time ever in the Big Bash, yeah. And they were proper centuries of that. Oh. One chasing, yeah. um, under the pressure of chasing. So, 
You know, he's always having a look at the run rate, keep up with it. So, um, and then this one was just whoosh, mate. He just had freedom. Or well, he didn't actually have freedom. They lost two early wickets. Topley knocked over the top. So um, the English imports. Matthew Wade's had a couple of failures as well, as well as Ben McDermott's been going, that he's needed to be going good. Yeah, he has. But wait, wait till you come right. He's he's been, he's been awesome for Hobart the last couple of years at the top of the innings. But, uh, mate, he was... Um, he just kind of just talked about it afterwards, didn't yeah. he? Saying that he just needed to like still play his game, but you know that was the only way. If he went into his shell and didn't play his shots, then he knew he was going to fail. But geez, mate, I watched those last three or four overs where him and uh, uh, Tim David uh, were absolutely going bonkers, mate. It was something special to watch. It was, it was, and I, you know there were two games on last night, mm. and just as you think that Ben McDermott's performance of the night. Then you watch the Brisbane Heat play the Sydney Sixers. Different type of game altogether, right? Because yeah. the Hobart Hurricanes game, it just runs for fun. Uh, but then the <laughs> the Heat, I mean, what were they all out for 105, I think? Sean Abbott, he takes four for in that. And then it takes an absolute screamer in the covers to get rid of Chris Lynn as well on two. He's like the big danger man for the Heat. Then when it comes to the bat, his team are... Chasing 106 to win, and they are eight down for 47. And he comes in and scores 37, not out, and gets them the win. Yeah, I mean, easy, like easy 37 as well. Oh, mate! I mean, <coughs> I'm I'm struggling. That's it's been a great what's, finish. What's the better performance? Oh, look in terms of oh McDermott's that's pretty special what he's done back to back. So if you go over two games back to back hundreds, that's pretty amazing nine fours um, nine sixes yeah renegades are terrible though mate yeah. renegades are bad yeah. like yeah really really struggling and you, if they haven't had a call <laughs> no, no, no chance. No right, chance. Okay. Just uh, no, 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 it's, uh, no. I'm here with you, mate. I'm yeah, here with you. Right, I'm not going okay. anywhere. No, that's right. Not that's going right. anywhere. <laughs> um, no, but I'm um, sure, Matt, he's had a great end to the, end to the year, isn't he? He's uh, just had the birth of his daughter, Ella, uh, yeah, almost just less than a week ago, I reckon. Wow. And he's straight back in, so I'm surprised we didn't see the uh, the, the old baby, baby rock. That's traditional, isn't it, eh? It is. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's a traditional thing. So, no, that catch to get Lynn out. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, just jump over to Big Bash Instagram or, or look up the highlights on Twitter or, or just get on Google. Um, unbelievable catch, unbelievable grab. And um, the ability a lot of times when someone like Lenny's there, you sit back a little bit and you come up and you just get out of that power position and he, he stayed down and to be able to react and go to his right. So, so full low. stretch. I mean, how full tall is Sean Abbott? He'd be my height, 6'3". Six, yeah, six, yeah, and yeah. he looked... Every inch of the six three plus his, his levers out there as well to, yeah. to pull that in. It was yeah. full full stretch. Yeah, I oh, mate, it was proper. Like yeah. that's as good as that's as good as you're going to get. Yeah, it was absolutely superb, superb. The uh, we've we've actually uh, we've, we've got uh, Joe Bell uh, back in the hot seat now. Joe Bell, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the man that makes Baz and Izzy sound good. Um, and he's been on holiday, but he is back today. And this is what happens when you have a true professional uh, in this uh, through the glass next door is uh, he organises things like this for you as you're talking. That's where the gamesmanship comes in. Richardson. Same area. Six. A little bit fuller. That's six, and that's back-to-back tons for Ben McDermott. A big six over cover, backward, over point. No player's ever gone two tons in a row. Well done, Ben McDermott. BBL history made. And there's no better way to bring it up than with a big six that landed right in front of the teammates' dugout. That was, yeah, that was special. And what a way to bring it up. 
<laughs> Mate, unbelievable. Just watching some of those shots last night. So, wide Yorker has always been a get out of jail for a lot of bowlers the last yeah. couple of years. If you can hit that wide line, that wide Yorker, um, most guys are only ever looking to go leg side. But what David and McDermott did last night um, showed where the game's actually going now. The bowlers are a little bit behind because these guys are going back in the crease, still being able to go leg side, but they're opening the blade and sitting on their back foot trying to slice over cover, a la like Baz used to, you know, like yeah. those kind of guys. So, oh, mate, the game's changing, and, and it's just shown this time, that, like this time round, that the bowlers aren't keeping up, um, particularly over there. I know we're talking about two different games, but uh, when you get a good wicket yeah. and you're having to be defensive as a bowler and shut down a good batsman, they used to be get out of jail, and now it's... Uh, it's not one of the options. It's almost you're going to have to bluff and, and go in at the heels um, if you've got an offside field, potentially. So, so that's what you would do if you were bowling to, oh, to, you, to McDermott last night? Oh, McDermott last night, yeah, far out. You, was, uh, uh, so your, your approach to McDermott last night would have, mm. uh, which calf gets tight? <laughs> yeah, yeah, tight, tight, everything, mate. Tight, everything. No, no but seriously, I mean, mm. if, if you were in that, if you were in that lineup last night, and you were you were playing yeah. playing against uh, him in that form, yeah. what are you thinking? Are you watching how he's treating the other bowlers? How how are you executing? Um, what I saw was that a lot of the first balls of the overs were pace on, um, and they didn't really change change that tactic. And it's something I see quite consistently uh, consistently in like. Um, Early guys coming up early in their career, they think pace on Yorker first ball is like a great option. We're often that first ball, the guys trying to hit it as hard as they can because they batters think um, that they want to get a hit in and over and they want to dominate you from the start and make it a big over. So um, they went pace on often, um, and then all they've got to do is pick the line and the length. You know, like they're not thinking it like, are you going to bowl like a wide slower ball and stuff like that. Didn't really change it up enough. Um, from what I saw, Kerr bowled all right towards the end. Um, last couple of overs didn't go for much, um, but he, he was changing up a lot more than the other guys were. And we saw also yesterday a dominant performance uh, from Lockie Ferguson against the Volts, didn't we? Yeah, mate. Um, it pains pains me to say that the Otago guys just looked out of their depth. A few of them, he was just too fast. Yeah, um, and that's what you expect when you turn up to watch. Um, like a first-class cricketer play club cricket, where guys just are not used to the pace. And that, unfortunately, yesterday that's what it looked like. It looks like looked like they were they were scared uh, first and foremost. And then when they were getting to try and play some shots, he was just beating the bat um, too easy. Um, so and then they were in bad positions when he did bowl his slower balls. But uh, it's great to see him back steaming out there. He said that first cup, first game the other day at Palmy, he was just a little bit off, um, stuttering out of MIQ. Um, which just shows how hard it is for say, if someone as fit as him to come out of MIQ um, and, and perform straight away. Uh, it's pretty tough for those guys. But Ben Lister, uh, we spoke about him the other day with Ben Horn. Yep. Um, phenomenal again. Absolutely outstanding. Backing up game after game. Three games in a row. Uh, he's gone for less than 30, easily less than 30. I think he went for, what, 14 or something. Yeah, last. 14 for two. 14, yeah. Like yesterday. That's unbelievable, mate. Oh, four, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Unbelievable. Beautiful execution, um, which is which is nice because I, I might have mentioned to you off air the last couple of years when, when Heinrich Milan came in, um, he wasn't really on his radar. Um, Bliss was one of our best players previous years and then a lot of guys got an opportunity ahead of him the Ollie Pringles and um, Dunaroo Ferns um, seemed to be promoted ahead of Ben Lister but um, this year for, for whatever reason um, Heinrich's backing him in 
um, uh, which is nice to see. So starting to see the stuff that um, I saw under Craig Kachopa's leadership and, and Mark O'Donnell, uh, the confidence he had then, he's starting to get that back now. So, yeah, he's, got, he's more, less a B-lister and more an A-lister now. Oh, bro. So what are you saying? Is this, is this us today? Is this us <laughs> it hasn't today? hasn't started well, has it? It hasn't started well. Uh, but no, I love it, bro. I love it. It's good. Right. It's good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, listen, uh, two wickets, 14 runs, four overs. That is superb. Uh, and then Lockie Ferguson as well took four for 19 off his four. Uh, absolutely superb. What, tell us a bit about uh, this kid, Ashok, that we, uh, we're seeing a little bit Ashok. of. Ashok. Yeah, Ash, Ashok. Sorry, I'll get it right. Yeah. Um, I mean, Allegi, he's doing doing something a bit different. He, he caused a few problems for a few people. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, like most Leggies in T20 cricket, um, when you get put under pressure in that, at that level, um, you know, you can drag it down, as we see the East Duns over time. So it's going to be um, how he can execute what his go-tos are under pressure um, because it's a completely different level. He would have been able to bowl just normal standard stuff at club level or A level, um, under-19s, and get away with some bad balls. We're here, and when he dragged it down, he did get punished. Um, but he looks the goods. I know Isha's got um, really good raps on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Taryn Nathula um, is mentoring him. Um, so the ex-Auckland, ex-obviously Black Cap um, international leg spinner. Yep. Um, so he's mentoring him. I know Otago pushed really, really hard uh, when Rob Bolter was there last year to try and get him down to Otago. Um, that was their one person they really, really wanted. Um, and then I think uh, Auckland got whispers of that and, uh, you know, th- threw the kitchen sink at him, uh, try and keep him in Auckland. Um, so it's nice to see a guy that they've pursued or looked at kept in Auckland, given an opportunity, um, and it was great to actually see uh, them make a tough call and, and play him ahead of uh, Louis Delport, who um, seems to be one of Heinrich's favourites. It's um, interesting also looking at Will Somerville coming back into the fold. Uh, yep. Because he, I mean, he he took a bit of stick in his last over, but up until then he was he was pretty good. That said, he yeah. took some stick, but took a wicket in that over that he got the stick <laughs> yeah, he too. Did, right? he, so did. He, he bought one, I guess you would say. Yeah, Where that... to for Will Somerville? Do you think? I'm just looking at you know, 37. Um, obviously, he hadn't had a great series over in India mm. with the Black Caps. Where where to for him? Do you think? Yeah. Um, look, I don't know. I don't know where where dad's where dad's at. He's um, he's he's pretty set up. He's yeah. pretty set up. We did well in Australia, um, you know. Got <laughs> so he's not like struggling off the field. Like he he did really well with his work and with the account. He's an accountant, right? Um, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. The, the, he should set himself up <laughs> with his nickname, eh? Because you know, you know, dad's those accounting, guys, dad's dad's financial services, <laughs> dad's financial. <laughs> hey, it's great. Hey, there we go. Hey, we, we, we are the brains trust, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We're the back to back days of oh, yeah, coming up with some great stuff. Um, look, I don't know, mate. I know he's desperate to, to still play for New Zealand. I I think he's uh, resided to the fact that he's probably an overseas player, mm. um, overseas tour player like um, AJS Patel. Um, but he just loves the game, mate, and it's, it's important to him. I know the same thing. He he actually turned down um, Sydney uh, Sixers. Oh, wow. Re-approached him um, previous year. Yeah, okay. Previous year um, to come back on a two-year deal because um, they were looking for someone to come back as an off-spinner, and it was good money. Um, but he's he's just stuck true to, to New Zealand cricket, and he said, nah, I just want to try and play as many tests as I can, and when my time's done, I'm done. So hopefully his time isn't done. Um, I think he's a great off-spinner. I think he was just he was just the recipient of the Indian batsman in India having to score some runs, mm. and an off-spinner to right-handers is going to be a little bit easier because Ajaz was bowling so well, so they had to take the pressure off themselves somehow. So he was just unlucky with a couple of drop catches or almost catches over the boundary as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting to see um, 
uh, what uh, what he does next, uh, that's for sure. This, this is the uh, breakfast show for your summer with Baz and Izzy on holiday at the moment. It's Mitch McClendigan, Ricardo Ball with you. Um, now, just uh, giving you an idea of what we've got coming up on the show today. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's all sorts. Uh, Clint Davies, who runs a restaurant called More Pork, and they do slow barbecue. He is coming on to give us some barbecue tips after 10 o'clock. So you'll want to be uh, in for that. And you'll be, I'll tell you what, your stomach will be rumbling too by the time we finish talking to him. <laughs> uh, we're also coming up after uh, 8 o'clock. Stephen Marsh, uh, one of New Zealand's top trainers, is going to join us to talk about uh, Taupo Cup today, who he's got running there. And, uh, you know, the success he had the other day with Danielle Johnson as well. Looks like he's got her back on board too. John Madden, uh, who was one of the great names in coaching in the NFL, uh, not just a guy who developed a game, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people think. Uh, um, he passed away the other day, and uh, Jim Laslovich, uh, who's a former NFL linebacker, played during the Madden era. He's going to join us as well uh, around 8.20. Uh, Ollie Cassell, the bird writes, uh, is uh, his handle on Twitter. He writes for SB Nation, covers the Pelicans mainly. He's going to join us to talk some NBA. Johnny Davidson is an Australian in exile in, in Yorkshire, yeah. uh, big leaguey. Uh, he's going to join us to talk a bit of rugby league. It's shed some light on the Jackson Hastings that is coming back to the NRL and a few other things as well. So we've got him coming up. And then uh, you've called in the big dogs, Mitch. The big dogs, yeah, yeah. We've got Shane Watson joining us this morning, which is um, going to be awesome. Um you know, one of one of the greatest white ball cricketers I've seen on the T Twenty circuit. Um, so successful, multiple World Cup winner, um, and he's he's going to jump on the show for us. Um, also does a podcast as well um, over at T Twenty Stars dot net. So um, well worth a listen. He's um, he's an all round guy actually. He thinks financial, mental skills, all that kind of stuff, and he's got a lot of experience Much in the like space. His playing so. career. Yeah. Bit of an all-rounder, wasn't yeah. he? Bowled a yeah, bit, too, batted too a lot, right. and uh, right. was reasonably handy in the field. Yeah, oh, mate, great player, yeah. genuinely. And that, that guy could hit the ball further than any, like almost anyone I've ever played with. Yeah, he's, he had that build, that Corey Anderson build. Eh? Corey Anderson's probably the closest Kiwi I can think to him. <laughs> yeah, too right. Yeah, not not far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right, actually. Yeah, um, we, he used to have a phenomenal rig. Like, I remember seeing a, a picture of him, Mitch Johnson, and Andrew Simons together yeah. walking off the pitch. And then he went away from that, went away from the gym, and then got into more calisthenics-type stuff, like, as opposed to, like, um, all the big weight stuff. It's yeah. more like body weight, um, pool stuff as well. So, yeah, he's, he's tried everything in his career. So, to try to get the most out of his body. Well, that's the thing, I guess. I mean, you'd know this, being a gym owner as well, mm. that throwing tin is great. And I... I, I, I love doing that as well. But in terms of retaining your flexibility, the body weight stuff, using bands and doing things like that is probably better as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that. So, yeah. um, but he used to do so much yoga as well before before every game. And when we roomed together <laughs> one time in Adelaide, I was yeah. like, I just feed out the door. I was like, what's going on, bro? What's, what's going, going on? on? Yeah. You all right? You need a big room yeah. to get the both both you kits in there because neither of you are small individuals. Nah, little apartments, mate. Little yeah, apartments. got looked after, didn't we? Oh, yeah, very yeah. much so. Very much so, I would say. <laughs> hey, this is uh, Mitch and Ricardo as your summer breakfast here on SENZ. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. This is SENZ. It is their summer breakfast with Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball. And uh, Mitch Punter, uh, you know, I was floating him as an option for potentially an England coach um, the other day. I think we can probably put a line through that. Strike him off, you reckon? Strike him off. Strike him off. Uh, this is what Punter said to cricket.com.au uh, just uh, yesterday. 
I don't think I've seen a worse performing team in Australia than what I've seen in the last three games. That's not a worse performing English team. That's a worse performing team. Full stop. <laughs> Some of the English top batters, top order batters that I've seen in the last couple of tours, without giving names, there's some techniques there that I just know are not going to stand up at test level. In challenging conditions and world-class bowlers up against substandard techniques, then you get what happened at the MCG. What I've seen with their batting, they're simply just not good enough. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just picturing Ricky Ponning with his aggressive nature saying that. Yeah, and yeah, just the, yeah. the beady eyes, and he's just going, he's firing up as well. Oh, mate, the he's beady eyes. Know. Hey. The beady eyes. Oh, mate, you get that stare. Remember when you skip up and you just stare stare at guys? And, yeah. Or when he got hit. He, when he got hit in the face. Or, who was it? Harmison hit him in the face. And he just looked at him like he was de- he was going to kill him. <laughs> oh, like, mate. You're dead, mate. Oh, dead. mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, but, there's some good yarns about Ricky Ponning going around, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are there? You got one Well, no, he's, apparently he's a bit of a scrapper with his... Uh, as a young man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, used to, he used to go to the pub with his old man and... Used to have a, have a few punch ups. So. Oh, the red mist, yeah, <laughs> the old red mist. Oh, Jeez, man. I wouldn't want to get in a five. And actually, at mm. um, IPL uh, final after we won, mm. um, he actually just I turned around. He's just come off the top rope. He's just grabbed me around the neck. He just tried to wrestle me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, the, then the bar staff were like, oh, about time for you guys to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Walk out of the bar, 7 a.m. Yeah, with lights pun, up. punter on your back. Yeah, with punter on my back, <laughs> just having a giggle. <laughs> like, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, because he's uh, how big is punter? Oh, he's not huge, right? Nah, it? nah, nah, it's nah, not massive. But um, look, I, I guess when someone like that comes out and says that kind of stuff, you know, you got real problems. Like, because he's he's serious. Yeah, he's not just doing it to get clicks. Like, he's genuinely like concerned and concerned that it's been such a whitewash, and probably concerned for the Ashes. He's that passionate about Australian cricket, uh, so he's probably concerned about the Ashes and its competitiveness. Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing. He's talking about those guys there. I mean, and we talked to Bumble the other day. We talked to uh, Ben Gardner from Wisden, and they're like, "Well, there is no one else. This yeah. is it." It's so, sad, eh? You know, I mean, so if a punter, if they ever thought about the coaching job, he's going to go into the dressing room with those guys he's just talked about and try and get them up. They'd be fine. Trust me. Josh Butler yeah. um, loves love punter. Oh, loved right. him. Loved him. Yeah, and he had his best year, one of his best years at IPL under uh, Ricky Ponting. So, no, all those guys respect him. Know how good he is. Um, so they wouldn't have any issues with that, with him saying that stuff to to their face as well. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, if you've got uh, some thoughts on that, Punter being the the uh, the coach of, of the England cricket team, or maybe uh, you've got some thoughts on the ICC uh, cricketer of the year, Test cricketer of the year, you can get in touch with us on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150 811, or you can uh, text us on double eight double three right now. Though here's Karen with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's 27 away from 8 here on SENZ, your summer breakfast. Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Ball with you. And Mitch, uh, the ICC 
uh, Player of the Year. Well, there's a whole bunch of ICC awards coming up, but Player of the Year is one we want to look at. And uh, you've had some thoughts about the guys that have been shortlisted and whether or not they've they've missed a trick on a couple. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, I, I don't think you can look past any of them, I guess. Um, uh, Joe Root's there, obviously. Um, I mean, Joe Root scored 1,708 runs this calendar year. Unbelievable. Almost uh, almost 800 runs um, to his nearest compatriot, who was actually Rohit Sharma. Right. 906 runs at 47.6. Uh, but they've listed uh, Kona Ratna. Um, from Sri Lanka, um, he's played a few less innings, uh, so he scored 409. Uh, oh, sorry, 902 runs at 69. Uh, maybe it's just there because of the average. Um, so, <laughs> but I guess they can only have four. But the big one for me is at Ravi Ashwin. He's he's a long way ahead in terms of the wickets. So 52 wickets at 17s and nine matches. They've listed Kyle Jameson. So I think Kyle James had has had an outstanding last couple of years. Last couple of years probably been um, the most important word. In, in that sentence, because he's he's played five games, he's uh, he's taken what I've got here. He's taken twenty seven wickets at seventeen in five so, in five games. Okay, like that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. Huge. Seriously unbelievable. But then someone like Shaheen Afridi has played nine matches. Yep. Taken 47 wickets at 17. So 20 so more wickets and four tw- more matches. Four more matches. But a longer period, you know, mm. like it's uh, like he's going at that pace um, over nine matches. And, and Shaheen Afridi, for mine, has, has been uh, world class. Um, and just looking at those numbers, I knew he'd done well in Test cricket. I mainly watched his T20 stuff and, and seen him be so proficient in that format. But um, 47 wickets at 17, mate, um, and not being on the list. Um, yeah, I find that really, really difficult. Um, and look, uh, JMO's done exceptionally well, but if you could only have to pick four, um, I think he'd probably be there or thereabouts. And even Hassan Ali, um, eight matches, 41 wickets at 16. Mm. Um, you know, if we're, we're purely going on bowlers, and then if you're just going on the same amount of matches as Kyle Jameson, who's played five matches, you've got the Indian left-arm spinner, Axar Patel, Five matches, 36 wickets at 11, at an average of 11. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I guess, I guess if you've got the the World Test uh, champions, um, you kind if you are the World Test mm. champions, you kind of got to have someone there or thereabouts. And and looking at the list in terms of runs scored, Kane Williamson, our best batter, um, sitting down at 500 runs. So it's not. Uh, he would probably wouldn't have made the list. So they probably needed to have some New Zealand reputa- representation there. Yeah, that's interesting. You say that. I mean that. That uh, Indian leggy you were talking about. Uh, left arm spinner, oh, Axar Patel. Yeah, yeah, Axar Patel. Were all of those, uh, all of those in India? Uh, well, he played, no, I'm not entirely, he played in England. Um, and he played pretty well. Um, but I think majority of them were. He, he bowled beautifully against New Zealand in his mm. last series. Um, did exceptionally well there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he mainly is that second spinner in Indian conditions. Um, but you still got to take him, don't you? You've still got to take him, man. He, he took plenty. Yeah, he took and, plenty. And for not very many. Not very many, yeah. Usually if you're playing overseas, um, traditionally they've gone with um, Ravi uh, Shadeja yep. um, um, and then Ashwin if they're going to play two spinners. And R- Ravi will just be that all-rounder towards the lower order. But in India, they definitely played Axel Patel. So, I mean, he's, he's the same. He's Hopefully he doesn't get pigeonholed like Ajaz has here in New Zealand. Um, we only plays, Ajaz is the opposite, or only plays away, but Axel might only play at home potentially. Yeah, but might. he's better than that. 
Better than that, yeah. And I mean, it's it's because of they've got so many options in terms of spinners coming out of India that I guess that we see. Well, I've talked about this before, uh, but people like Ish Sodi, who we think you know had a great T Twenty World Cup, probably won't get an IPL contract. Yeah, I think spinners being a spinner in the IPL trying to get a contract is probably the hardest part. I think they're really starting to figure out what they actually need and what they don't. Um, your Rashid Khans will get picked. Um, for uh, Zampa's done pretty well last yeah. few years there. Um, Ish, Ish had a, a nice little connection with Rajasthan, um, you know, last year, and and he was he was going to be their logistics manager or something like mm, that. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's going to be their logistics manager. So he was going to be there, but not in a, a playing capacity, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I guess mainly now in the IPL, they're looking for quicks, out and out quicks. Um, all-rounders because the Indians don't have very many good um, bowling all-rounders um, and they want mainly want a, a, a seam bowling all-rounder. Um, and then the batters, usually more like a middle order because all of them have got great openers, great Indian, Indian openers. So they're starting to actually figure out what they actually need now as opposed to wasting money on guys that probably won't play too much in those conditions. Do you think David Warner gets a contract in the next IPL? Having said that, uh, yeah, I've um, look. I, I've heard whispers that he's been linked already with one of the new sides. Um, right. uh, not sure if it was Lucknow, might have been, um, but heard that he's in, in the frame to to be one of the the picks straight off the cards um, before they go into the auction. So that'll be interesting. Um, I think his name was thrown around with Ayer, um, yeah, and then um, Hardik Pandya and um, Kale Rahul. To, to one of the other, other franchises. So, you know, David Warner, I think he's going to be right after that T20 World Cup. I think, yeah, he might, might be okay. Might <laughs> be okay. It's 21 away from eight here on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast. Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Paul with you. Uh, give us a call. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. That is the Kenard Tire phone line. Give us a call. If you want to play Quizzy Dag, except it's Quizzy Mitch, that's up next here on your summer breakfast on SENZ. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because this ain't in the bag. That's right, team. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin, your quiz master for today, Mitchell McLennigan. We're going to take you straight into it. We've got Chris from Morrinsville on the phone. G'day, Chris. How are you? G'day. Oh, not bad. Ready to fire away? Oh, we'll give it a crack. Beauty. Love it. All right, we'll get straight into it. Which White Fern scored 89 not out to lead her Super Smash to victory over Auckland yesterday? Beautiful. Off to a dinger. Great stuff. Okay, who leads the Premier League in all-time goals? Oh, no. Hard luck. Hard luck. All right. Unlucky, mate. Unlucky. You know, there's only... There's only two players in the history of the Premier League that have scored over 200. Only two. Who's the second one? Second one? 
Probably would have been the uh, better question there, Ricardo. Yeah. Go back to the fact check. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that, Chris. We'll move, we'll move on. John from Christchurch, ready to go? Who led the yeah, Premier yeah. League in all-time goals? Uh, Alan Shearer. Beautiful. Well done, well done. Who was the second for bonus point? Uh, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, correct. Well done. 206. Beautiful. Okay, that's your bonus. Jeez, who, who won line honours in the Sydney Hobart race? Black Magic. Are we going to give it oh, it's, it's give Black it? something? Do you want to have another crack? Black something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of the news. Um, you know, I watched it last night. <laughs> uh, it's a card game as well. Uh, oh, yeah, it is a card game, yeah. 21. Blackjack. Yeah, ah, black. there we go. Yeah, got you the only line. got that because you got Wayne Rooney. Yeah, so exactly. Well, yeah, that was your bonus. Okay, <laughs> there was your like bonus. That. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> Ruthen Statham won a tournament in Tianao for the sixth time yesterday. What sport does he play? Tennis. Beautiful. All right. How good. We're on to the last one. In 1976, which team did NFL legend John Madden coach to the Super Bowl? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, uh, no, I have no idea. I'm not a. Uh, oh, no, bro. Oh, hard luck. I'll tell you, there's Buffalo a lot. Bills. Um, what about Buffalo Bills? Oh, no, 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 not a bad no, stab, no. though. Not a bad stab. No. Oh, hard luck. There's a lot of love for this team. Uh, so there's well, a lot of love for this team in the, in the studio at the moment. Mm. Lots. <laughs> Lots. Lots of love. Lots of love. Sorry about that, John. It's a $50 TAB multi, uh, well, TAB bonus bet could be yours, of course, if you get this one right. Who we got there, Mitch? We've got Jordan from Auckland. Jordan, I'll read you that question again, mate. 1976, which team did NFL legend John Madden coach to the Super Bowl? Was the Raiders? It was the Raiders. Well done, mate. Well done. Well done. Awesome. $50 multi-bet or bonus bet. Yeah, $50 yeah. bonus bet yeah, for good. you. Any idea where you're going to invest that, Jordan? Um, oh, I was thinking about the um, the Australian cricket team. They might do it 5-0. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. They, they were paying two seventy five to win 5-0 uh, before the third test. I wonder what that's into. Oh, hopefully it's the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Isn't good money good being on 4-0. Just hopefully England bar up for one. It's not going to happen, though, is it? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. <laughs> well done, Jordan. Okay. Outst- outstanding, mate. Enjoy that bonus bet. Uh, have a good day. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, that, that TAB bonus bet, uh, all yours. Uh, I think the old uh, nailing the quizzy dag. Hey. I, don't know, I think they might have to bring you in. Bring me in just for the quizzy dag. Just for the quizzy dag. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think you're smashing the quizzy dag, mate. That's good. <laughs> quizzy dag. That's yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's nice. So, no, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was good good work too, Kez, getting in a uh, a John Madden question, given that the great man passed away just the other day. Yeah. All much, all much that one. All much, well. yeah. Oh, is that all much? Yeah. Four, and then this four. morning I thought, well, yeah. we've got to get in there. I actually yeah. wanted um, to say who, who they beat. Oh, right. In the 1976. That's my second one that I've got wrong. We should have done the yeah. two top scorers and now John Madden. Yeah. John Madden. got both of them wrong. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'll back, back to the lab. Hey. <laughs> back to the lab. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's good. Did you know that? Come I'm, on. I'm thinking it's the Redskins. No. It wasn't? No, it was the Vikings. Oh, it was the Vikings. Okay. It was no. the Vikings. No, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable record he had eh, as, a, yeah. as, a, as a coach. Like 0.75 winning ratio. 
Yeah. Um, won 103 games, lost 30, or something like 32 or something like that, even less. Yeah. Um, un- unbelievable record as a key coach. His coaching record is actually better than Vince Lombardi's. I know Lombardi won more Super Bowls, but actually in terms of win percentages, he's got a better record. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, amazing. All-time uh, best winning record as a coach. Yeah. Uh, Superb. Yeah, so it took them to five AFC finals. And yep. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. A few, quarter, pretty, uh, a few Super Bowls as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh mate, unbelievable. And I mean, they're they're a, they are a team uh, that I guess they like to travel, you know, because it's a team that was the Oakland Raiders and the LA Raiders and the Oakland Raiders. Now they're the Vegas Raiders. They've certainly been on the road a yeah, bit. How do you feel about that, the Vegas Raiders? Yeah, I think it needed to happen for the franchise. Mm. It needed to happen for the franchise. They weren't getting any love out of the city of Oakland. That's why they left. They basically they wanted a new stadium. Yeah. And they they said, look, well, Vegas have said they'll do this for us. What will you do in Oakland? We're like, nothing. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're gone. And that stadium looks amazing. Is, that's man, that's on the bucket list. I've got to visit that stadium. Well, it might be a team trip. Could be. We'll it might be it a holiday team trip, a yeah. holiday SNZ morning breakfast show. Yeah. Izzy and Dad, uh, Izzy and ba- Baz and Izzy breakfast show trip, yeah. eh? Yeah, well, they can hold the fort down yeah. here while we go over there. Yeah, they go down to Soul Bar in the morning <laughs> for, for for a champagne breakfast and we'll go, we'll go to Vegas. Yeah, sounds good. Like it, like it. <laughs> hey, we'd better get away to uh, a break because uh, we've got to get Trudy's World in. That's coming up next. You were on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast with Mitchell McClinic and Ricardo Ball. Well, Trudy has uh, unfortunately gone AWOL. So there's no Trudy, Trudy's world today. I know that she is in Mount Monganui. Um, maybe she uh, mixed up her order and ended up getting more long whites than flat whites yesterday. Maybe that's why we don't have her. I'm not entirely sure. Is it po- possible, Joe? I know you, you, you had a knowing look on your face then, like you knew something I didn't. Yeah, no, apparently she's getting crayfish or something. She's just gone out oh. for a swim. She's uh, decided she doesn't have enough time. It's all good. It's, it's fine. Okay. You know? It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Well, she is on holiday, I suppose. We can let her get away with that. No, nah, not good enough. She no. still owes us for doing that. <laughs> Last week she was doing the news while she was on holiday from Topor. So yeah, right. I think she still owes us, you know. She, okay, right. All right, it's good. It's good. I, I mean, I do often think, given how much how much we see Louis Herman Watt around here, you know, the SENZ is a bit like that Eagles song you can check out but you can never leave it's like you you never you're never fully gone never fully gone from SCNZ you're always here in some way shape or form um now Jim Laslovich is coming up in the next hour mm. uh, he played NFL for the Detroit Lions for the San Diego Chargers and for the Green Bay Packers uh, as well he played in that Madden era he's going to come on the next hour as well so it's interesting to hear what he says about Madden as a coach and how he changed the game Oh, look, fascinating. We were just talking off air, weren't we, just about how he it was the first commentator to come in and bring in the X's and O's and, and stuff like that and actually talk about the game in layman's terms and just to be able to view it to be able to see how the professionals play it. So, hey, look, it would be great to hear what he says because everything you read is and hear is about him being exceptionally good at just letting the players play footy and then go and have some fun. Well, that's um, the thing with, with, with him is he... He just boiled it down and made it made it easy to understand. I mean, he he retired in '79, quit the Raiders '79, and then he got hired by the University of California to teach an extension course called Man to Man Football, where basically he had people sign up who were football fans and wanted to know how it worked, and he showed them using the X's and O's and a like a tally straighter basically exactly what he did and how he did it, and he was a professor. <laughs> Professor of football. Professor of football. John Madden. If you could be a professor in anything, what would you be a professor in? Well, that's a good question, actually. Uh, Professor in, well, I know a lot about football, Mm. so probably that or or potentially I'm a big rock and metal guy. 
Ooh. So, and I've got a lot of a lot could of. Could be a hybrid class. Could be, yeah. yeah. Heavy metal football with oh. Ricardo. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yes, mate. We are full of ideas. <laughs> we are full of ideas. I love it. I love it. Uh, Professori Ricardo Ball uh, with your heavy metal football. You're away and laughing. I've, I think I've got the next gig sorted out. Thanks very much, Mitch. Yeah, the intros will be great. Yeah, they'll be huge. Okay. <laughs> In the next hour, we are going to be talking racing with Stephen Marsh as well as uh, talking NFL uh, with Jim Laslovich and talking about the John Madden. And Ollie Cassell as well, the bird rights uh is going to join us too to talk some NBA, all that coming up in the next hour. We're craving a McCafe about now, so we're going to go hunt one of those out. Well, Karen updates you with all the news and sport for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's SENZ Summer Breakfast. Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball with you through to 11 o'clock this morning. Kia ora, New Zealand. I hope uh, you are enjoying your break. I know most of you, not like uh, Mitch and I and Karen and Joe and Keza are, are working, but most of the rest of the country is not. So I hope you're enjoying your break and uh, you get an opportunity to, uh, to get out and amongst it and uh, get some sport in and, and enjoy yourself. Uh, hopefully you're, you're, you're heading away uh, today uh, and or at least keeping an eye on uh, meeting two at Topor because uh, we've got a whole bunch of racing coming out of there today and I know a guy uh, that'll definitely have his, uh, oh, well, he won't have his eye on it, he'll, have, he'll be very much hands-on is uh, trainer Stephen Marsh. G'day, Stephen, how you doing? Morning, yeah, very good, thank you. That's a story, mate. Hey, uh, before we get into today, I should talk to you about Miss Ella at Rotorua the other day. Uh, superb win, uh, what, ten by 10 lengths. I mean, made it look easy under Danielle Johnson, didn't she? Yeah, she did. We're on the quick backup. She, um, I thought she'd win the start before, and you know, she just sort of flopped around, didn't do a lot. So I put the blinkers on the quick backup, and Jesus, she uh, yeah, really uh, put them to the sword, didn't she? Yeah, too right. Uh, Marshy, uh, I see you got Danielle Johnson on one of your horses race four today at Taupo. Uh, she's on Firestock, number number nine. A um, little bit of an outsider, but what do you think your chances are for today in that race? Yeah, she's probably going to be better off uh, sort of second up over a mile, but um, her trials have certainly been good enough. Bit of a sticky draw. Um, she'll go okay, but I, yeah, I certainly think the mile second up suits her a lot more. You, you've, uh, you've obviously... Danielle Johnson's been doing some great work because, uh, I mean, your first runner of the day, I believe, is in uh, in race three, uh, Alpino. Um, not not a nailed-on favourite in this race. I think there's a couple of others in there, but but a good shot, you think? Well, I wish Alpino was mine, but it's not, no. Oh, no. It's my favourite restaurant. It's my favourite restaurant. <laughs> I might have been seen there regularly late at night, but... Uh... 
No, unfortunately, they uh, well, they gave it to a Meta Meta trainer, unfortunately. So, no, we, uh, if it wins, I can, I'll can i claim it. Yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> do that. Do that. Well, you know, you taught Danielle everything she knows, right? So it's it's yours oh, in a way. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still teaching her. Still, still teaching her, mate. Still teaching her. I mean, what about uh, what about uh, Taupo today for you? I mean, uh, what are you looking to get out of this uh, out of this meet? Well, it's uh, we don't have big numbers. We've got four in. Um, I tell you, it's terrific. The Taupo Cup's worth sixty five grand. It's an absolute credit to the club for getting a race. Uh, you know, a race like this uh, for sixty five thousand. We're two in that night. She really like our uh, two chances. Good field. You got Bowden, who's a class act. You got. Sherwood Forest, who's uh, obviously a very good horse, just starting to hit form. But yeah, I thought Lincoln King and Tabata, I thought they were um, certainly riding a race like this. Um, they get in nicely, and yeah, I reckon they're uh, big, strong chances. Good. Well, we're just getting me into punning, Marshy, so I'm putting I'm putting money on both of them, coming in with Canella. Yep. Yep. And now oh, I can go on well, holiday, eh? I'd be, I tell you, well, if you do get the Canella, you, you will be able to go on holiday because it'll pay a fair bit. But, um, <laughs> I thought they both would, um, Tabata sort of first go over ground. She's been looking like she wants 2,000. Mm. Um, and Lincoln King, he hasn't raced since the New Zealand Cup, where he ran fourth, freshened him right up. And I reckon that could be the uh, key to him. Fresh, might be a good fresh stayer. What's uh, what's it doing in Taupo today, mate, weather-wise? I mean, is that going to affect the track at all, do you think? Well, they um, they got 15 mils of rain two days ago, so I expect them to sort of come up a dead track. But it's come up a good three, so, yeah, it could be, um, could be fairly firm underfoot, I would have thought. Yeah, I think there's a few showers forecast today. It's a 72% per chance of precipitation, as the Met Service like to say. So we might we might get yeah, a little bit of wet. We don't, probably don't, on a hot day with uh, a good tree, probably the last thing we want is a little bit of rain. Um, we could be skating around a little bit and we, yeah, never, never, never ideal on a good tree, is it? No, no, you don't want to turn into a rink. No, you're dead right. Dead right. <laughs> Fingers crossed we, uh, we get the day through. Oh, we don't want to be talking like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to go back to Miss Ella. Um, that was a fantastic run. Um, you know, what are you guys planning with her? I heard you, you're looking at uh, you're looking at up in Ellerslie? Yeah, well, look, I just think the way that um, that three-year-old cracker Miles sort of shaping up, um, you know, on the bubbles looks like it's hit form strong again. He's going to be hard to beat. Pretty open after that. Uh, it's a million dollars. She's looking for a mile now, and it's um, basically three weeks away. So that's her next run for sure. Beautiful. That'll be a big race for her. You've, you, I mean, I know you, that you'll uh, you'll be backing her in, in, mate. But I mean, how just how confident are you, you can get a result there? Look, the way she won um, on Tuesday, you know, she's we've always thought she's pretty high class. The way she won and the time she ran, you know, you don't often see on a on a decent track, a horse could sort of win by 10 lengths like that uh, with plenty up her sleeve. So, look, she's going to jump. She's going to put herself um, right up on the speed and pay for a million dollars. I think she's a re- realistic chance. Yeah, definitely worth a definitely worth a shout, mate. Uh, you also uh, race seven today. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure this is your horse. I better not get that wrong again. <laughs> um, uh, let's have bubbles. Yeah. Uh, Danielle riding uh, there for you again. And uh, another shot that looks uh, a, a good chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the mile, her last start over the mile was uh, much better last start. Um, Step up to the 1800 suits, drawn nicely. She'll jump. She'll she'll go into a forward enough um, position. And yeah, she. I think she's. Uh, it looks like a pretty um, open sort of a field, you know, with not mm. a not a stack of depth. So 
yeah, I'd, I'd say she's got a bit chance, and she has raced well on the track before. Yeah. And then uh, you, I think this is your last one, not your last runner, because I've, I've got the uh, uh, the order all, all up the wazoo. But uh, you've also the, the horse we haven't covered off really is uh, is uh, Firestock, of course, uh, running uh, in a race for the Mort Webber Memorial. Um, and again, uh, there don't tend to be there don't seem to be a lot of sh- real short favourites in this. It does t- seem to be quite a wide open field. Yeah, I, I just sort of thought maybe the 1300 from a bad draw might have been a bit sharp for her there. Um, she should race well, but I think um, sort of 1600 second up might be a might be a better sort of a, better match for her. I would have thought. Yeah. Okay. Maybe have a look at her for a place. Yeah, maybe a little place bet. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's certainly going well enough. And her trial was uh, her last trial was pretty good. I thought. Yeah. Okay. All right. right. And, uh, in terms of uh, this time of year, obviously busy for trainers. Uh, You've got to balance, obviously, the horses running, but also putting a bit of work into, into them as well. How do you work that? Well, it's the sort of this time of year we're sort of uh, sort of head down, ass up, and sort of every day. Um, you know, obviously, we've got Taupo today, Hawks Bay races tomorrow. You've got Ellerslie on Saturday, and then we'll do it all again at Tower on Sunday, mm. and then um, Tiara Monday. So it's, it's every day, you know, early starts at the track, all day at the races. So, you know, sort of come... Come sort of that fourth or fifth of January, um, you need a bit of a, a bit of a slowdown. But um, yeah, it, it, look, the money's up this time of year. Uh, we're happy to to go hard and try and get as much of it as we can. Yeah, well, look, best of luck for you today, mate. Uh, I hope you grab a bunch of that. I'm going to uh, uh, jump on a few of those as well, um, and, and and hopefully I can grab some as well. Absolutely, no, sounds good. I'm really looking forward to uh, January 1, 2, big day there. Yeah, massive day, man. All right, Stephen. Hey, listen, good luck over the, over this busy, busy period. Travel well, mate. Go safe, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? Champion. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, Stephen Marsh there, uh, trainer, of course, ahead of uh, the races in Topol today. Uh, just uh, going over those, uh, he has uh, in race four, Firestock, uh, that is uh, paying sevens and $2.30. Uh, definitely one that probably said, uh, is worth a look as a place bet. And then, of course, uh, Lincoln King, I really like this, at 13s and 380 with Daniel Marsh on board. Uh, number, we're in the number six in the Topol Cup. That is uh, race six today. And he also has Tabata in that race, another very good horse with Craig mm-hmm. Grills on board, paying 18 and 480. Horse. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Baz will be all over that. If you're looking for Baz, <laughs> he will not be at the beach. He will be at Topol today. I just about guarantee you that. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, last race of the day in Topol is uh, race number seven. And uh, let's have Bubbles, Daniel Johnson, also on board that one, paying sixes and 230. I mean, you could do worse than just follow Stephen Marsh today at Taupo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was, sorry, I was just thinking in my head how many Tabata sessions Baz has actually done in his career. <laughs> what is a Tabata session? Tell me that. It's like it's those sessions where you do like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Oh, And then right. 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And that's what I was just trying to think. Is that his drinking pace or his betting pace? Or <laughs> Probably his betting pace. I'm going to go with his betting <laughs> pace. Or all of the pace. above option. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thoroughbred owners, share the thrill of ownership with your mates. Enter at loveracing.nz slash share the thrill for the chance to win a 10% share in a racehorse. T's and C's apply. And I tell you what, 
Mitch, you spend long enough here listening to Baz, as I've done a couple of times when I've filled in uh, for Louis Herman Watt on the show, he he will inch you into a, in, into a share of a horse at some point. <laughs> I'll tell you that much for free. Oh, I'll be running them all. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs> I might even jump on Tabata today. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, have, a, have a crack. I don't yeah, I don't no. know that you were uh, the right size for a jockey, but uh, have a nudge. Have a nudge. Uh, <laughs> hey, weight training, mate. Weight training. <laughs> it is 8.14 here on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast. Mitch McLennig and Ricardo Paul with you when we come back. We head to San Diego and catch up with Jim Laslovic to talk the great John Madden. It is 19 past eight here on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you. Uh, joining us now uh, to talk the great John Madden uh, is a bloke who played his college football for Penn State and then played 10 years in the NFL as a linebacker for the Detroit Lions, the San Diego Chargers and the Green Bay Packers as well. The man they call Laz, uh, Jim Laslovic. Uh, g'day, Jim. How you doing? Hey, everything's good. Uh, sorry we have to meet in... These conditions and these terms, but uh, it's great hearing your voice. Yeah, and, and yours, man. Uh, you know, I mean, you, I know you, you you recently retired from a long time in broadcasting that you uh, ran sports broadcasting that you did uh, post your playing career. Uh, you would have played through that John Madden era, uh, Jim. I'm I'm sure you you met the man as well. I mean, for so many of the the new generation, if you like, of football fans, uh, Madden is just a name on a PlayStation game, but he was so much more than that yeah. to the sport, right? Think about that. Yeah, in all three phases, all three careers that he had, he's a Hall of Famer. It's just amazing. Uh, the guy was incredibly bright, and uh, he had a way of figuring out uh, how to deal with people. Those Raider teams that he coached, uh, playing against them, it was difficult because um, they each had different personalities that the players did, and he kind of wanted them to have their own personality on the field. It was like um, you never really knew what you were going to go up against. Uh, other than you knew you were going to get their best effort. And that's because of the way he handled his players. And people, I think the players loved playing for the guy, and that's why he had the success as a coach. Yeah, Jim, uh, you talk about that. There's a lot of people come out and saying they really enjoyed playing with him because you let them play football on the field and then have some fun off the field. Um, you know, was that something <laughs> new to that era that he brought in? <laughs> it wasn't totally new, but he, he was able to maybe um, uh, gather – better players um, a lot of guys would go off and have their fun uh, <laughs> that, that was true for a lot of teams <laughs> but the way he coached his players it, it maybe led to the fact that they were a little better team than maybe the Detroit Lions where I remember going up against the uh, the Raiders in the mid-70s and getting spanked uh, they were just they were <laughs> they were tough and they would uh, they would have a lot of fun beating into the ground and uh, I think that was a reflection of John Madden you know Deep down, he didn't want to lose. I mean, he was um, he was driven. I mean, just look at his life. I mean, to be successful as he was in three different endeavors, um, yeah, you've got to be driven. And he was driven. And not that the rest of us weren't. weren't. We all wanted to win. But he was able to pull it all together uh, for that uh, time as a Raiders head coach. And as a broadcaster, he pulled it all together. Uh, and then, you know, uh, in, in, in video games, I understand he was pretty well involved in the development of it. It wasn't just his name on it. He helped develop it and make it uh, the sensation that it is. Well, all those X's and O's were definitely in the video games. That's how I learned, uh, learned football, for sure. Boom um, and the bam. Yeah, the, the boom and the bam. I was just about to go into that, Jim. I was like, as a coach, surely he's on the sideline and you're in that line. And yeah, every time you get contact, you hear the boom from the John Braden from the sideline. It would have been amazing. Yeah. What a great broadcaster, though. 
Uh, yeah, you know, actually, and, and having spent 10 years in the NFL as a player and then gone into broadcasting, uh, I can appreciate just what a sensational job he did, you know, both in football and in broadcasting. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you always want to look back on your career and think, well, things went pretty well. With John, he sent the, be- he set the, the, he set the benchmark uh, for coaches. You know, he won the Super Bowl, retire young, go into broadcasting, become the best all time. It's just remarkable. He was just the best at everything he did, and I think you you touched on it earlier, Jim, when you said he he just made things easy for people. So you know he made things. He was a great man manager, but he made things easy for people to understand. He could put difficult concepts in simple ways so that blokes like me could understand them. Interesting that you put it so well there. As a broadcaster, he did that, but obviously, looking back on it, he he had that knack as a coach too mm. to simplify things to the point where just go out there and just play. They just play your tails off, and, and and that'll probably be good enough. You know, here's your game plan, but play your tails off, and that's going to be good enough. We're going to beat these guys. So, um, you, you know, you spent time in San Diego at San Diego State with Don Coriel. Don Coriel was a visionary offensive coordinator and head coach as a, as a coordinator, and as a head coach, Don Coriel had some of the most amazing offenses in NFL history. Um, you might recall hearing about Eric Coriel and Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow and some great Charlie Joyner, some great players from the San Diego days. Well, you know, Madden had that in his DNA. He, he, um, he spent time with Coriel, so, so I think he really understood offensive football as well as the defense. And uh, I, I think that really helped his success, too. You know, I, I'm sure he was a sponge when it came to uh, other coaches and other approaches to, to playing the game. And, and and Don Coriel, like John Madden, let his players be be, be men. Be, mm. Go out there and do what you do. What you do off the field is what you do off the field. But when you're on the field, you're gonna we're gonna do it this way with some personality. And John certainly had that. And Jim, just uh, talking about your career as well, mate. You ran into the Oakland Raiders in 1980 uh, on their on their way to the Super Bowl. But you had a really good, uh, you know, a few couple of years with San Diego and then Green Bay with a few playoffs. So, I mean, just how was that experience um, going into the playoffs in the NFL? I mean, that's from what we see on the TV. It's it just looks incredible. Well, it is, and I will tell you that the most painful loss we had was against the Raiders, and I think it was 1980. We we consider ourselves the best team in football. And they upset us. They were a wild card team, which meant that they didn't win their division, but they made it into the playoffs based on the best record of all the teams that didn't make it to the playoffs. We met them in the AFC Championship game. The winner would go into the Super Bowl, and it was a, it was a, it was really a, 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 it was an intense rivalry. And they beat us. It was, you know, they they beat us. Uh, they you know, picked off six passes, intercepted six passes, and and uh, went on to uh, to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. We always look back on that as uh, former Chargers. I think. Doggone it! That was our that was our year, mm. uh, but it wasn't. Of course, John wasn't coaching them then. He was busy uh, doing his telestrator business on TV, growing up X's and O's, the same boom and bam and wow. <laughs> I know. But I was thinking when you were saying that the boom and bam and wow, you're on the field getting knocked around, and you hear that, and you think, "Am I in, a, in an episode of Batman?" Uh, you know, none <laughs> of that going on. Uh, I, I, I was looking uh, at John's record his coaching record, and he had a great record. He had a better winning percentage than Vince Lombardi, but I was struck by, in comparison, how few games he coached. It felt like his he, his coaching career could have gone on further. Right? From your point of view, what was the reason, do you think, that he stopped coaching when he did to go into broadcasting? And You know, I, I think there's um, really bright people like John obviously was. Um, 
I think they know when to wrap it up and move on. And I just think he felt that he had, he had accomplished so much as a coach, maybe take a step back and, and try something else. If the broadcasting hadn't worked out, I'm sure he would have find, you know, teams would have been lining up to hire him as a head coach. Hmm. Uh, I think the way he, uh, the, the NFL coaches are so intense about preparation and, and, um, and, and game day strategy and, and dealing with players that I think it takes its toll. And hmm. I think that even though John was a young man, maybe he thought, well, time to take a step back. If this broadcasting thing doesn't work out, I'll, I'll always find a gig. So I, I think that, uh, he was the accidental brilliant broadcaster because he took a step back from football and then realized, man, this is a lot more fun, <laughs> a lot less stress, and probably a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> uh, Jim, I just had one one last, uh, just out of interest. How how come it took them thirty years to put them into the Hall of Fame? Is that just a standard timeline for for NFL Hall of Fame? No. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I was wondering that too when I read it, and I was at his induction ceremony. I was doing some work for Directv at the time. I happen to be back there, and uh, I, you know, it's probably the fact that he he didn't have as long a career, um, a number of years. You know, how many years did he coach? Not that many, uh, and so I think they put a lot of weight in the longevity, know, spending your life in the game, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't. That would be the only reason, but you know, and then certainly what he brought to the game as a broadcaster. Um, you know, I know it's the Hall of Fame is for coaches and coaches, players, and administrators, but there's room for a guy like John Madden based on the fact that he was such an outstanding mm. ambassador for the game. Yeah, he was uh, indeed that, and he did so much more for the game. Like, you know, he said the, the, the way that uh, Madden, uh, the game, took off, you know, that's pulled in people from all around the world who may never have been to an NFL game or had a team to follow but just love playing video mm. games, and all of a sudden they're invested in the sport. Yeah, and it's accurate, and it's fun, and uh, and again, until recently, I didn't realize that he had he had invested three or four years of, of time and effort into helping develop it. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, I got, I guess, in a way, the X's and O's translate quite well into that, uh, you know, one zero one zero one, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hey, so I got to tell you, I'm, I'm wearing a, a a shirt I got in my last trip to New Zealand. It was a number of years ago. Uh, can I mention a beer on, on the radio? Sure, yeah, you go for it. Particularly on this is radio it, show. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it Monteith? Yeah, Monteith. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. It's from, oh, from I got down my south. Monteith, uh, oh, yeah, I got my uh, green and black and white Monteith uh, rugby shirt on. and uh, Oh, beautiful. Um, I wear it a lot this time of year uh, in, in San Diego because it cools off a little bit, and uh it brings back some great memories of, of traveling around New Zealand. Oh, beautiful. Oh, well, when these things open up again, you'll have to come for another trip. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I'll turn you on to some other beers as well, Jim, and we'll get you another shirt. <laughs> that's a deal. It's a deal. It's a deal. Hey, Jim, listen, thanks very much, man. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about John uh, Madden the way you have, uh, uh, you know, from not only a former player's point of view, but a former sportscaster point of view as well, man. Really appreciate your time. Go well. And uh, like I say, as Mitch said, when it opens up again, we welcome you back. We'll take you on a brewery tour. We'll find you a new shirt. That's a great idea. Thanks. Love it. Love it. Good stuff, man. Jim Laslevic with us, a former NFL player of uh, 10 years and then a, a long career as a sportscaster in the game in the U.S. as well. It is 8.31 here.
on SENZ with Mitch McClendigan, Ricardo Ball, your summer breakfast. Time now for Karen with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's 27 away from 9 here on SENZ, your summer breakfast with Mitch McClanagan and Ricardo Ball. Uh, great, uh, well, I was talking to Jim Laslovic there. Uh, yeah. Madden uh, is known, you know, for the game. And like, you know, as mm. I said to Jim, a lot of, a lot of kids, well, you want to say kids, probably people 30 and under, don't realise who John Madden is. They just think it's the name of a video game. <laughs> uh, but Mitch, you know, I know, I know you like to play. Uh, you, you're a gamer. Yep. Um, what's, your, what's your go-to on Madden? <laughs> well, my go-to team's obviously the, the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm, <laughs> so yeah, nah, it's good. I enjoy it. I, I learn a little bit, and then it's good playing get players in different teams because um, you obviously get to play them and see what their stats are. And then I love how the NFL and the NBA and stuff now on in video games they change the stats, and yep. every year they get awarded like golden boots for like being a 99 yep. and stuff like that. It's just a really nice lead-in into the year, and it gets launched around the same time. It's just it's all coming together. It's just building that whole brand, and, and Madden was a huge part of that. But I just love Jim's fizz. The boom, the bam, the pow. <laughs> the boom, the bam, the pow. Indeed, it's like... Two up the middle. He just clubbed him right there. Boom! With his left arm. And boom, the ball's there. Right again. Do one of yours. Boom! Oh, I'll tell you, that's worse than a, worse than a boom. That's one that loosens your teeth. That's one that loosens your teeth. Oh, oh yeah. I'm trying to remember who it was. There was a, you know, we talk about nicknames of players. I know Brian Lima was known as the chiropractor mm. uh, because he used to straighten you out. Um, <laughs> but there was somebody, I'm trying to remember who it was. There was somebody called the, the dentist, dentist. Yeah, for the same right. reason. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying that? to remember who that was. But uh, on games, uh, it's interesting with the, you talk about the Madden and, they, and the NBA, they update the stats because they do the same with FIFA, right? Yeah. And I know that a lot of the players, the footballers, play FIFA and the first thing they do when the new game comes out is they check their stats. Check their stats. And often <laughs> it becomes a thing in the dressing room. Oh yeah. Yeah like about they just give it that's where they give each other grief. It's like man your pace is sixty nine. <laughs> oh man. Well doesn't Manning's son um, just play college ball. Uh, you just play college ball, and and they they the Mannings are doing their their little piece on ESPN uh, yep. where they have them watch and watch the game, and and they said, oh, he's going to his stats are going to be far higher than your dad's when you come <laughs> come on to Madden and stuff like that. So I thought that was brilliant. Yep. Uh, so they all it's it's just like a running joke, and they get gutted. Oh, geez, I'm getting older, or getting a little bit slower. Had a, had a couple of big hit ups and they yeah. change every week, which is cool. Yeah, which is yeah, great. Now great. there would have there would be the equivalent in cricket, right? There will be a cricket game equivalent. There is a cricket game, but no one's – cricket just doesn't have that investment. It's so frustrating because the best one I played was Ricky Ponting, geez, 2003. What was, was that? It? Yeah, or something like that, yeah. where you could swing the ball both ways with the L1, the R1. And now the now swings with like square and circle, and you can't do late swing. And, yeah, they had a really good platform, Ricky Ponting stuff, but just no one's invested – 
good quality money into into a cricket game, which that, surprises me. And you never got to see Mitch McClendigan's stats on a game. No, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and then I made my own player and made him better. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. Outstanding. <laughs> he wasn't quite good enough. Wasn't so quite good enough. He wasn't getting the breakthroughs my team needed. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah, you, you but then it was good. I could open the batting and the bowling with Mitchell McClendigan. So yeah, that's that was good. good How did he go with the bat? Great. I just bumped his stats hard. <laughs> like everyone, everyone, you, you bump your own player up, don't yeah, you? Sliders so, yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly, mate. Yeah, we're not playing the proper game, mate. We're just putting the sliders on, just, getting those stats up to 99. And just bang. And, yeah. and knocking it out of the park. Boom, bash, bang. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in true John Madden style, it's 23 away from 9 o'clock here on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast. Mitch McClinic and Ricardo Ball with you. When we come back, we head to New Orleans. We're going to be talking NBA with Ollie Cassell. This is SENZ, 18 away from nine, and uh, Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Ball with you. This is uh, the summer breakfast, and joining us to talk uh, basketball out of New Orleans is uh, the Bird Rights himself, uh, Ollie Cassell. G'day, Ollie. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great, guys. How are you this morning? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. We've just been talking uh, John Madden with John Lazlovich, uh, the former uh, former NFL linebacker. So uh, we're 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 primed for some more American sport. Sounds good. Yeah, and that's a shame. I mean, I grew up listening to John Madden, right? I mean, everybody that's around my age group did, if you follow football even a little bit. And so, yeah, he, he was iconic. I mean, that, that's somebody that – can you imagine if the social media had been around back then? He would have been the star because what he said on, uh, on, on, on the TV broadcast is what you kind of hear on Twitter and everywhere else today. Well, Jim Condon alluded to the fact that uh, a lot of uh... – a lot of their players had a good time off the field uh, in the in the 70s and the 80s. So so a few of them would have had short careers, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bitten a few in the bum, isn't it? The, the old social media of, of, of recent. Hey, uh, Ollie, we should uh, we should start by talking about your Pelicans. Of course, it hasn't been hasn't been a great season for your Pelicans. Um, Zion Williamson, of course, having a few issues injury wise. Are they? Uh, are they? Do you think uh, gonna gonna see out his contract with the Pels, or do you think he's gonna get traded? Oh, I think he he's here for at least a few more years. From everything I hear, it's getting overblown. I think Zion generally likes this team uh, and the city, and he wants to play for them. The thing is, you've got some outside noises, and you've got some certain people within his family and friends that look. He's one of the best young generational talents coming up, and he's been on a team that hasn't made the playoffs in his first two years. So you can understand that. And, of course, last year was terrible. With you know, It just didn't fit with the coach and the players they had. But this year, it's a different group. And I'll tell you what, they started poorly. You're right to point out that it's not been a good season. But since they started 1-12, they've really turned things around. And they've been one of the best teams now for, over I want to say, a little bit over the last month. Right? They've gone 10-6, and six, and they've done it without Zion. And uh, last night they beat a good Cleveland team without Brandon Ingram and a, fu- uh, a couple of other good players. So the yeah, hope Her- is Herbert Jones stood up, didn't he? Thought. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Herb Jones has been the biggest surprise, one of the best stories in the NBA. Drafted 35th overall, and a uh, little-known guy out of Alabama who couldn't score. Those guys usually don't have any fanfare. I'll tell you what, he plays the game the right way, and he led the Pels with a big win. Yeah, twenty six points, seven rebounds, even three blocks thrown in there. Yeah, had a career career night for for a rookie. Um, I guess I guess the, all the conversations are around is who uh, 
what are the trades? Are you got? Do you think the Pelicans are looking at trades to bring someone in for to help with Williamson and and uh, well Zion and Ingram next year? Yeah, from what I've been hearing, they're definitely buyers. So yeah, even though they're even not in the top ten where they're looking at a postseason berth yet, they want to add players, not sell off and try and rebuild something again. I mean, they've got a good group. So you're right. They're looking for a guy to add probably at the guard position because that's where they're lacking, right? They got the big guys. They got a good uh, center, Jonas Valanciunas from Memphis over the last summer. So this three, four, and five spots are, are taken, Ingram, Zion, and Valanciunas. But the guard play, you know, they gave away Lonzo Ball to Chicago. That was honestly a terrible trade in hindsight, and they didn't get anybody back. So that, that's where they're going to be trying to shore things up. And I think there's going to be something available. You know, you look at De'Aaron Fox, who's kind of wearing out his welcome with the Sacramento Kings. Maybe Bradley Beal. Everybody's mm. watching Portland, right? Yep. What's going to happen with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and those guys up there? And hey, Ben Simmons needs a new home too. So there's there's potential out there. Yeah, nice. I, I, good that you uh, spoke about Lonzo. It sounds like it's still a bit of a sore spot with you, but I mean his Chicago Bulls have been outstanding. And even last night, getting across the line without Lonzo, who's played every game this year until last night, being out on the COVID protocols, um, they're looking awesome. They are. I mean, they've been probably next to the Cavaliers and maybe the Warriors, one of the best stories, right? Top three stories in the NBA. And people thought they didn't know what was going to happen with that team. You add DeRozan, uh, you got Zach Levine, you got Nikola Vucevic, who you added last year, um, and Lonzo Ball, of course, who honestly, I was, I was a big fan of his. I saw this kid grow up after he got traded from the Lakers where he couldn't make a shot. He was shooting the ball from the wrong side of his face. But thanks to the coaches here in New Orleans, he starts shooting like he should, and you start seeing it, right, in games showing up. And he had some very good games for them. And I, I just, you know, I, like I said, I wish they had hung on him. He's a young guy, still growing, and now he's showing kind of what he's capable, playing that defense, making shots, and, of course, leading a team. That's something the Pels, like I said, are missing as a guard play. But the Bulls, yeah. I mean, what are they? I think they're second in the Eastern Conference, so great, great story. Yeah, that, Bulls, that Bulls team are going well, and they've probably been one of those uh... – as you say, a story that nobody expected, but a, a team that I think everyone expected to be there or thereabouts this season in the East, and they have been struggling, uh, my Boston Celtics. Uh, I know they've had a few a few issues with COVID and injuries and things like that, but uh, that doesn't seem to explain it all to me. What do you think's wrong uh, up, up in Boston? They honestly have had just incomplete teams. I mean, who have they had um, next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for the last three years, right? Hmm. I mean, I know they had Kemba Walker, but honestly, he's not the same guy since leaving Charlotte. You can't depend on his knees. I know they had Kyrie Irving before him, but look, Kyrie's a head case. He either shows up and plays, and you're fortunate, or, you know, you get what Boston kind of got, which was very, you know, rough times at times. So, no, Boston, like I said, good, great two guys to build a team around, but they really haven't done a good job of filling in those holes. And so, yeah, nobody expects them to be under 500. So you got to wonder what's coming for them because you know their fans are happy. No, they, they, you think that they've got to be working behind the, uh, behind the scenes and looking for some trades. And there's, there's a trade that's been rumoured for the last couple of years. It's never actually quite happened. Uh, and that was Stephen Adams to the Celtics. That's been talked about a couple of times. He's going great at Memphis, uh, but he's only on a two-year mm-hmm. deal there. And, I mean, there have been whispers that Memphis might look to move him at some point as well. Do you think that's a trade that happens now? No. I think Stephen Adams has found a home in Memphis. Look, Memphis has been another surprising story. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody predicted they'd be fourth in the Western Conference. 
And I'll tell you what, that trade where Stephen Adams was with New Orleans last year and they trade him over the summer to Memphis for Jonas Valanciunas has worked out great for both teams. It's one of those rare win-win trades. So no, Memphis needs that kind of guy that does all the dirty work, doesn't need any scoring, and just needs a guy that's going to basically bully all the opponents so that John Morant doesn't have to. Because, I mean, what does he weigh, 150 pounds? He, he, you know, he, he's one of the smallest guys in the NBA, so you need kind of that bruiser. And like I said, Adams is perfect for that team because he's surrounded by shooters. He wasn't on the New Orleans team. So he's found a home. He's definitely not going to end up in Boston now. Be rude of us not to to bring up LeBron and the Lakers. Um, all the talk of the town at the minute with Westbrook and and the, the hundred and forty million dollar. Uh, I want to say a few words there. Mess up. Um, <laughs> but uh, how did how did they get out of this? How did they get rid of Westbrook and and what are their options? Well, I don't think they can, guys. Honestly, they they sink all their chips into Westbrook and bringing him to Los Angeles, and so they trade away a lot of those good rotation pieces. For him, and now suddenly you're seeing them pay the price. You can't replace those guys off the street, and that's what they tried to do. Signed a whole bunch of guys on minimum contracts, and they honestly have uh, missed way more than they've hit for him. And with Westbrook, you know, he's in decline. He's not the same guy we saw in Oklahoma City where you can live with some of his really bad decision making and bad defense. And now he, he, you know, he can still get those triple doubles, but boy, the Knights are inefficient. And when you don't provide shooting and you're playing next to LeBron, that, that's just not a, you know, that's not a match that fits, right? It's like oil and water to me. You didn't see it work well in uh, Houston, right? James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So why would you have thought that guy that's dominant, one of the best players in the league, was suddenly in LeBron and it would fit with Russ? It hasn't. Yeah. So and- the Lakers, they can't trade him just because he's got such an immovable contract. And no team wants to take that on. So I think the Lakers are stuck with him. And his defense has been pretty poor as well. Just watching Patty Mills running around the court the other day for that three open three, uh, <laughs> you just see that he yeah. just gave up, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. I've watched a lot of their games this year, and um, that's the thing. LeBron's already going to be a guy that's kind of coasting now. Suddenly, I think Anthony Davis is honestly not living up to billing. That's been their biggest disappointment, almost to me, because he's twenty-seven. He's in his prime. He should be carrying that team. Because Russell Westbrook's now over thirty. LeBron's, what, 37? Um, so you can't rely on those guys. And LeBron played 39 minutes last night just to beat a bad Houston team, right? So I'm worried he's not even going to make it to the playoffs because his body's just taking a beating. And, of course, like I said, Russell's not helping. So that team, everybody's talked about championship aspirations. I don't see it. I think they'll be lucky to get in the top eight of the Western Conference. Yeah, they, uh, I was going to say, where Russell Westbrook is now reminds me of where Carmelo Anthony was about three years ago, where he was almost untouchable. No one wanted to, no one wanted a bar of him. Uh, of course, now they're both on the same team, which says a lot. Uh, no <laughs> rage on Rondo uh, at the moment. No Anthony Davis. LeBron James is day-to-day. Uh, who do they play? Oh, they're in Memphis, up against Stephen Abs. You know that LeBron James is looking at this game going, you know what, that calf is a bit tight. I'll have another day, because he doesn't want any of that, does he? No, and everybody was lauding him after that Rockets win last night because he played center, right? But look at who Houston had at center. They had a couple skinny guys. Yeah. He's not going to want to play against Stephen Adams. You're absolutely right. Two minutes against Stephen, he's done for the night. <laughs> <laughs> we love to hear that. Hey, good stuff, Ollie. Thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, it's always good to chat. Keep up the uh, good work at SB Nation with at the Bird Rights, man, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon, eh? Absolutely. Thanks, Ricardo. Mitch, you guys have a good morning. Yeah, will do, man. You you go well. Have a great afternoon. It is seven away from nine here on SENZ, your summer breakfast.
It is uh, just coming up 9 o'clock here on SENZ, your summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you through till 11 o'clock today. Remember, you can get hold of us anytime you like on the Kennard Tire phone line. It is 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811. Or you can uh, text us on double eight double three. Coming up in the next hour, uh, we are going to grab a... Uh, couple of McCafe coffees and uh, have a McCafe chat with John Davidson out of the UK. He's an Australian sports journalist who uh, lives up there, does the By the Balls podcast, talks a lot of rugby league. Uh, he's going to join us in the next hour. We are also going to uh, take your calls as well. We're going to give out some barbecue tips after 10 as well. And Shane Watson, uh, one of the uh, top Australian cricketers of the last few years, is going to join us in the next hour as well. So, are looking forward to all of those. Right, time to go track out, uh, track down some uh, McCafe coffees. I've, uh, I've already put Mitch onto that. Uh, right now, here's Karen uh, for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. This is SENZ, your summer breakfast. Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball. And I'd just like to take a moment to apologise for whatever that was. Um, apparently it's a song by a bloke called Henry Styles. Harry Styles. The, the, you had seen him. He, he was a singer who, who wore a dress for quite a while. Yeah, no. no In, into the Bruce 21st Jenner. century, boys. Come on. Come join me. Bruce Jenner. Come join the well, youth. <laughs> this is a guy that wore a dress for a while. After, after no? Bruce Jenner. After Bruce Jenner. Yeah. Okay. No, no, don't know him. But that's, that's pretty average. I've got yeah. to say, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's just a long kilt. It's a, it's a long hill. Uh, this is a long kill. The song, I tell you, it's, all, it's awful. But anyway, we'll get rid of that. That's uh, that's beside the point. Um, uh, Joe, uh, you need to take some lessons from Brian, who was doing the music on Monday and Tuesday, oh. because uh, it was it was far better. Oh, he's more your it. age. That makes sense. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I think what you mean is he had taste. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> But anyway, we should talk more music, less music and more sport. Uh, coming up on the show with the Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Uh, we are going to be talking uh, with Shane Watson, the Aussie cricketer, uh, this hour. He's going to come on. We're going to talk a bit of Big Bash with him. We'll talk some Ashes with him as well. And we'll talk uh, rooming with Mitch McLennigan because I'm sure there are some stories there right now, though. Uh, joining us out of the UK is another Australian, an Australian in exile, uh, John Davidson in Yorkshire, uh, does the By the Balls podcast, writes rugby league up there for the League Express and LeagueHub.com. Uh, you can find him here, there, and everywhere. Johnny, uh, Johnny D, g'day. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. That's a story. There's a guy that we talked to called Andrew McGlashan who is doing the opposite of, of what you do. He works for Crick Info, and uh, he's an Englishman living in Sydney having to report on the Ashes. Can you think of a worse job right now? 
<laughs> not, not at the moment. I think he'd be on suicide watch, wouldn't he? Yeah, mate. Honestly, it's it's not good. It's not good. There, there's actually there's been. Uh, some uh, pretty harsh criticism of that English team. There's a guy, Oliver Brown, I think it writes for The Telegraph, and he said watching David Warner's six-year-old out on the MCG, uh, after, you know, sort of after lunch on day three when everything was over and Dave Warner was giving her some tips, he said she had a better defensive technique than most of the England middle order. <laughs> That's very good, yeah. I mean, it, it's been um, absolutely just uh, nightmarish for England, hasn't it? I mean, it, for Australia, everything's gone right, and Wrangling, everything's gone uh, you know as bad as it possibly could. Yeah, I, I mean, from an Australian point of view, I mean, you must be loving it, especially living in England. But there must be a little bit of Australian cricket that's worried that if if they keep smashing the palms like this, nobody will be interested in the Ashes in a little while. Yeah, a little bit. I think I think um, everyone just enjoys giving it to England, and I think um, particularly those <laughs> living in England now and then. If you look at sort of the um, the fallout and the coverage, particularly of the uh, the sandpaper uh, saga of a couple of years ago, um, I think there's a lot of people sort of rubbing their hands in glee and, and just enjoying this moment. Much like uh, I think it was in 2007 when it was five nil um, after we lost the Ashes in 2005. So. I think five nil, you know, would look pretty good, but we've still got two more tests to go. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a. I did see another English journalist suggest that the best thing that could happen in terms of a positive news for the English cricket team is they get more negative COVID tests, and the other two tests don't go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I, I did speak to a, an English journalist friend who uh, who lives in Sydney, and he was suggesting the best thing now um, is for a complete sort of overhaul of the ECB. Mm. Um, you know, root to branch. So it will be interesting with the fallout, you know, whether Joe Root survives, whether the coach survives, whether the selectors survive, because I think there'll be some, you know, some pretty big fallout um, come after this series. Beautiful. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time for the ECB, that's for sure. Look, I will crack on down under um, your forte, uh, the NRL. Um, You've got Jackson Hastings coming back from the UK. Um, you know, we had a few off-field issues with Jackson Hastings before he went uh, went away. Uh, have you seen him mature over the, the last few years? I mean, from what I've seen, he's, he's playing some good footy. Um, do you think he's going to be a nice fit down at the Tigers? Yeah, I think I think he will be. I think he has matured. I mean, I think his talent's never been, uh, you know, in question. But he but he's matured over in England. He you know was man of steel one year. He got sold into a grand final. Um, and you know went close with uh, with uh, Wigan as well. You know helped them to a grand final as well. Didn't didn't get the win, but yeah, I think he has matured a lot. Um, he's grown up, and I think also he'll know, you know himself that it's probably his last chance in the NRL in terms of, you know if if there's any off field drama, um, you know that that could be it. So I'm sure he'll take that chance, that, you know that opportunity with both hands, and it'll be really interesting to to see how he goes at West because you know there's always a bit of drama at West, isn't there? Around the coach or the fans <laughs> or or whatever, the so board. it's not, not an easy sort of yeah. The board exactly. It's not an easy club to uh, to play at, so um, it's going to be really interesting to watch to see how it goes. Who do you um, just looking at all the trades that have been going on? Like who who what team really? Other probably the Bulldogs are probably the front runners throughout this trade period. But who else do you think is shaping up really nicely for twenty twenty two? Yeah, I mean the Bulldogs, as you mentioned, you, they've, they've really made a lot of changes, and, and Phil Gould's made a big, you know, imprint since since joining them um, off the field. But I think the Broncos, you know, looking at what what they've done. I mean, Adam Ronalds, I think, is a huge, a huge signing. Obviously, Brady Croft's gone, um, Anthony Milford's gone. 
so they've um, you know they've they've recruited strongly and they've they've also got Kurt Capewell as well. Um, so I think I think they're looking a lot stronger on paper. And probably the other one is Cronulla. Um, you know, with Nico Hines and, and Dale Finucane coming in, um, obviously a new coach there with, with Fitzgibbon as well. So um, the Sharkies could be you know somewhere to to see maybe um, you know pushing more higher up in that in that top eight. Um, but there's been you know a lot of movement across the competition. Mitch Pearce leaving as well. Newcastle, um, yeah, quite quite a lot of change. And St George Illawarra, I think, is probably another one. Um, they've they've had a lot of players leave, a lot of new players coming in, and you know I think um, they, they, they've got a, a good chance. I guess they, they had a bit of a, a crisis filled uh, 2021, but they'll be hoping for better times in 2022. Uh, now, John, one of the other teams that we haven't heard much about, but there's obviously you mentioned a player there who has impacted them a lot. And that is the, the Rabbitohs. Uh, of course, you mentioned they lost Adam Reynolds, a big loss for them. Anthony Milford, every chance he doesn't play in RL again based on the charges he's up against. And he was their repli- mm. he was the replacement. So where do the Rabbitohs go? I haven't seen too much news about them looking around. Yeah, I think there's that uh, that young fullback um, who was filling in after Matru- uh, Latrell Mitchell, uh, you know, was was banned, and I think he's. He is a half. I think he's seen as probably the the long term replacement. But but you are right with Milford. I mean, um, he hasn't actually been registered, has he? And no. With the ch- charges that he's facing, he'll probably be playing in Super League in a few months. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The NRL and Super League need to get together on that, don't they? Because there are too many blokes who are absolute crooks who do stuff like this in the NRL and then just get a gig in Super League, and it's not actually that much, uh, you know, sort of uh, water off the ducks back type scenario. No, you, you can just see, um, you know, with Tyrone May, obviously, you know, he's playing in the grand final one minute, uh, and then there's obviously a, a disrespectful social media post about his case, and, and then he's dropped by Penrith and, and signed with Catlands, you know, five minutes later. Um, you know, Israel Folau was, was another one who obviously sort of came back into rugby league through through Super League after, you know, being kicked out of rugby union. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great look, is it, um, when you can... Kind of be banned, effectively banned from from the NRL, much like Ben Barber, and you know just go and play your trade in England. How do you reckon that uh, family barbecue at the Clearies was when Ivan had to tell Tyrone May that he's uh, shipping off to the UK? It's got to be one of the most yeah. awkward situations going around. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm, I think for for Penrith, you know, a lot of relief to get that grand final win, but it's going to be hard. Um, not obviously, you know, with him going, but. Kate will going um, the uh, the centre Bur- um, Burton Matty Burton who was you know who was great for Penrith as well obviously going off to Canterbury so it's gonna be interesting how they um, you know adjust all the all the cut value increasing and they, they lose um, Coruscant and uh, Kickout in a year's time mm. as well so yeah um, gonna be interesting how they adapt to all those you know new challenges for them. I guess the the fortunate thing is you will have Cleary there for for a long time, um, being able to steer that ship around the park. Um, Warriors fans in New Zealand would love to love to know, I'm sure, um, how Sam Tompkins has been going since he shipped back to the UK. Well, that that's been a really interesting one. I mean, I think he was um, well, he was he was Man of Steel this year, and he he was the best player in Super League by by a fair mile. Um, he's really kind of matured um, as a as a player. I think he's. You know, maybe 30, 31 now, but and he's not perhaps got that, you know, fantastic speed and step that he always had. You know, much like Sean Johnson, but as a fullback, as a as a game manager, he's you know he's really matured and he, he was outstanding for Catalans, got them to the grand final, 
they won the minor premiership. Um, unfortunately, couldn't you know couldn't get the uh, the chocolates at the in the grand final against St Helens. But um, he was fantastic. You know, he's captain of England at the moment. He'll play a huge role for them uh, as long as he's fit in the World Cup in twelve months. So yeah, he's um, he's he's really enjoying life in the south of France. I think obviously the the sun uh, agrees with him. Yeah, very and, much so. And England's, yeah. What are you thinking? England's chance coming into that World Cup? You know, twelve months away. Uh, are they starting to build up nicely. Yeah, that's that's a real tough one. I mean, I think um, that they, they played a combined nations all star team in June. I mean, it was a bit of a a hod, hodgepodge team. You know, they weren't missing. They were missing their NRL players, and there wasn't a lot of training, but. Um, the combined nations all stars was sort of made up of all the other nationalities, and they mm. had about thirty players pulled out, and they still managed to beat England by two points. It was coached by Tim Sheens, and then they played France at the end of the year, and you know it was pretty one sided. I mean, France aren't particularly credible, but I think if you look at on paper, I mean, obviously the Kangaroos by far, but but I think mm. even New Zealand and Tonga have got much stronger teams than England. So yes, they are at home. That's definitely a benefit, but. Um, I, I think it's really, you know, when you look at the players that they've lost since the last World Cup, you know, Burgess, Graham, Sean O'Loughlin, um, James Roby's a lot older. Uh, I actually think it's going to be a really hard tournament for them. Uh, you mentioned uh, a little earlier, John, that, uh, about Craig Fitzgibbon going into Cronulla and they might be ones to watch. Obviously, he doesn't have much of a head coaching uh, background. So, you know, it's a little bit of a gamble for Cronulla and uh, I'm interested to see how you think he'll go because the other one, uh, much the same, is Trent Barrett. Uh, given the money that the Dogs are spending and the roster they're putting together, are you surprised that they're doing it with Trent Barrett at the helm or that they haven't gone for somebody more experienced with a more better track record? Yeah, it is interesting with Trent because obviously he started well at Manly and then it went, you know, all pear-shaped and, you know, there was the complaints about the, the lack of money and the pool chairs that he brought in from home, et cetera, et cetera, and then... <laughs> Obviously, Desi comes in and uh, you know does a lot better with, with the same resources. So I think with Barrett, I think um, you know if they start the season poorly, he's going to be under huge pressure to keep his job because I don't think um, you know off the field Canterbury, you know they've got fantastic training facilities. Um, you know they're, they're well resourced and and they are spending a lot of money in the transfer market. You know Josh Adokar coming in is a is a huge cue and you know Burton and, and the like. So. They're looking pretty good, you know, in the, in terms of their roster. So I, I think, um, you know, his honeymoon period is, is well over. Uh, and in terms of Fitzgibbon, um, obviously, yeah, new new face in the NRL, but you know, he was an outstanding player. He's you know he's been learning under Trent Robinson for many years, um, very highly regarded. So I think um, you know I think he will do well at the Sharks. You know, they might they might not be instantaneous instant an instant impact should I say but uh, I think I think it will do well long term yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how that that all plays out mate uh, in terms of the Warriors um, you know for me they've, they've re-signed Wade Egan but but Hooker still looks you know sort of pretty flimsy they let Jermaine Turner Brown go at the same time and Lisa Almara is retired which really surprised me as well I mean what do you, what do you make of the roster they've got seems very half-heavy and, and, and sort of light in a couple of other places. Yeah, I mean, it's been surprising to see Sean Johnson come back. Um, you know, that, that caught, caught me quite a bit by surprise. Well, I think, obviously, the, the big thing is losing RTS. I mean, um, he, you know, at the Warriors, he, he went from, you know, when he was at the Roosters, he was an outstanding winger, but he just sort of matured into one of the best, you know, five players in the world. Um, if not higher, and I, I think I don't know how you replace, you know, uh, 
a Dally M um, player of the year like him. Um, I just, you know, m- much like a, a Tom Dravojevic or, you know, someone of that of that ilk, um, I don't know how you replace him. So, yeah, it's going to be another interesting year at the Warriors. I don't know, um, you know, the young players coming through, whether they've got, you know, a gem that, you know, they can unleash. But it could be, a, you know, another difficult 12 months for them, which would be a shame because I think, um, you know, when they've, when they've been at their, their best, the Warriors, they're, they're always brilliant to watch. They're exciting. And I think that's one of the benefits of the NRL is we've seen, you know, clubs... Over the last ten to fifteen years, we've seen a new, you know, different grand final every year. Just about, um, you know, whether it be from Penrith South, the Cowboys, Cronulla, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So it'd be great to see the Warriors, um, you know, break their duck and get to a grand final and win one. Yeah, it would be great. You're right. <laughs> Look, uh, I guess I guess on um, it wouldn't be uh, NRL chat with me and Ricardo if I didn't give you the opportunity to stick the boot into the eels being a manly fan myself so um, their recruiting's been shocking and they're just it's just like a plug it's just it's just a bath without a plug at the minute (laughs) well yeah i mean after the um the year that manly had i'm feeling somewhat a little bit sorry for them this offseason paramount because they you know they've been you know performing well for the last couple of years obviously not the end product but you know they've been right up there in the top four but just offseason from hell isn't it you know just Losing players and you know they just yeah they they can't seem to um, perform in those big games so I think this is really it for for Brad Arthur and you know for the likes of Moses and Gutherson this season you know if they if they don't get to a final um, you've really got to kind of rip that that roster up and start again and you know the pressure is mounting it's, how many years has it been uh, is it eighty six yeah eighty six so, I mean it's yeah. It's getting on, isn't it? It's getting on and on. So, um, yeah, as a Manly fan, I'm, I'm much happier where I'm sitting as long as uh, oh, Tommy's, uh, Tommy's um, hammies are all right and he doesn't do any sprinting down the, uh, <laughs> down the so. Oh, you're a Manly fan. Great. We'll have you on, on the show a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, that, um, John. I, I don't get, you know, I mean, I, I'm a, as a para fan, I'm a, I love Gutho, but Gutho is not worth losing uh, Reed Marnie and Isaiah Papali. I think you put you prioritise those two mm-hmm. over Gutho because you know uh, there aren't that many great hookers, and I think Reed Marnie can be a dominant hooker, like much like Damian Cook has been at Souths. Uh, Isaiah Papali, he's been absolutely sensational since he's come in, and fullbacks. You know, you can find plenty of fullbacks around Melbourne Storm. Do it every year; they find a new fullback and turn him into a star. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, I think one of the the worst things Manly did was let uh, Coruscant go. Um, we've not had a well. Our, our backup hooker obviously um, allegedly stabbed someone when he went to church, so um, it didn't turn out well. And you look at what Coruscant's done since. So yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, Gutho was a was a winger who you know we had we had Brett Stewart and, and Tommy Turbo there, and, and they let him go, didn't they? So it's a it's an interesting one. I think Reid Marnie will be you know playing for Queensland and you know maybe even Australia in the future. You know, be playing for Queensland a lot. He's a quality player, so it is a it is a real strange one um, that they've gone that way, but I guess that's the uh, that's the gamble they've taken. And uh, just just finally, uh, John, I mean, you know, for NRL fans looking at their clubs and going, twenty twenty two, we're looking skinny here, we're looking skinny there. I know uh, often the the place they go shopping when they're desperate and they can't get anything out of another NRL club is they go to Super League. Who's the Super League player you think will next make an impact at the NRL? Well, it's been it's been really interesting this off season in England because a number of the 
the best young players have just been re-signed on long deals. So if you look at, you know, probably the you know the top two producers of talent at the moment are St Helens and Leeds, and you've got uh, at Leeds you've got Mikolai Levski, big big prop, um, you know, kind of in that traditional English mould. He's been he's played for England. He's been signed up to a long-term deal. So, you know, an NRL club will have to pay a hefty transfer fee for him. And Harry Newman is the other one, the young centre. Um, just come back from a really bad leg break, but he he could, you know, make some real damage, I think, in the NRL. And the other, across um, at St Helens, um, Morgan Knowles, uh, you know, a lock forward, very, very, very good player. Um, won a couple of grand finals, and I think he'd be tailor-made for the NRL as well, but they've, they've re-signed him up. So I think... Um, the English clubs, you know, they've looked at how more recently, you know, Bateman, Whitehood, Hodgson, uh, sorry, Whitehead, Hodgson, you know, the like have done, and they're being very careful because they know, um, you know, they can they can lose their their best players. But you know, Oliver Gildart's gone to West Tigers with Jackson Hastings, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I think attacking wise, a really good player, but defensively, maybe a little bit suspect. So it'll be interesting how many how much minutes you know he gets, um, whether he gets a lot of opportunities or not, because. He's not the biggest of centres, um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of traffic coming his way down that edge. Yeah, definitely will be. Uh, it's 9.23 here on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast. Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball with you, and uh, Johnny Davidson on the phone with us uh, for the last uh, 15 minutes or so, mate. Hey, listen, really appreciate your time. Uh, we'll let you go now, mate. But, uh, John, if you if you want to give a plug to your long reads and, and where people can read more of your stuff, go hard. Yeah, uh, obviously check us out on uh, on the podcast by the balls. We're on iTunes, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, Podbean, all the usual uh, places. Just had a uh, a long episode with um, the new coach of Wigan, Matty Pete. So have a look at that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, uh, RugbyLeagueHub.com, Patreon, uh, the work of myself, uh, Steve Mascord, who I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know, and uh, another an English journal, Ross Heppenstall, um, covering rugby league. You know from from England, but also around the world as well. So, um, yeah, come and check that out. Yeah, will do, man. Hey, good good stuff. Go well, Johnny, and uh, have a good New Year's, eh? Yeah, um, as long as the cricket keeps going the way it is, it'll be great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no worries. John <laughs> Davidson there with us, uh, an Australian in exile in Yorkshire. It is uh, 9.24 here on SENZ, your summer breakfast. Ricardo Paul and Mitch McLennigan with you. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Chemist Hire for- yeah, this is SENZ, your summer breakfast. Uh, Ricardo Ball and Mitch McLennigan with you through till 11 o'clock uh, and we'll be back uh, right through uh, tomorrow and next week as well. Uh, coming up in this hour, Shane Watson, uh, former Australian cricketer, one of their, one of their best. Uh, he did everything, could bat, could bowl, could even room with Mitch McLennigan. Uh, so he, he did it all. We'll have him on uh, between now and 10 o'clock right now, though. Thanks to Kubota, it is time for news with Karen. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is SENZ Breakfast, your summer breakfast with Mitch McLennig and Ricardo Ball. And uh, it is 28 away from 10. And Joe, much better. It is much better. Uh, it's far better than whatever that wallpaper nonsense you were playing at the beginning of the hour was, that's for sure.
Well done. Well done. You're learning. You're learning. That's good. Hey, just an update on the score. Uh, the Manchester City have just scored through Phil Foden against Brentford, so they lead by a goal to nil. Chelsea are 1-0 up as well against Brighton at half-time. And that one is a bit of a shootout in the darts as well. And Diamond White is uh, 27th ranked. He is taking Gary Anderson all the way. Uh, this is round three. It is the first to four sets. It is three apiece. Uh, so it's going down to the wire, this one. It's uh, certainly uh, a lot closer than I think most were expecting. Normally, you'd expect Gary Anderson to walk away with this, but uh, Diamond White doing a doing a very good job. Very good job indeed. Uh, as I said, uh, John... Uh, after John Davidson, we've got uh, Shane Watson coming up a little bit later on in this hour. We're going to do some barbecue tips as well with Clint Davies after 10 o'clock for you too. So uh, if you, you're on the barbie over this New Year's, you'll be wanting uh, to uh, check that out and uh, tune in to that one. Uh, because, I don't know, have you ever been to Moorpork, Mitch? I haven't, but I looked it up last night on my... I'd message you straight away. I said, yeah. I'm, this just excites me. This is like... It's my little niece. I love this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, they're 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 pulled. They do these pulled pork buns. Mm. Just superb. Oh, really? Yeah. I even looked up to see what they were cooking in because you know when you see the American pitmasters. Yeah. These things, these contraptions, they're massive. And I just want to know if he's if that's his goal. So have like a just a stand, like a couple of just a little shed out the back with a couple of these pits. Get enough people rolling through. Even just do one day a week. Yeah, the more pork. I'm pretty sure he's got a massive trailer that he drives around, and that turns into a massive cooker. Oh. It is, yeah, it's a superb, mate, superb. So we'll get Clint on. <laughs> uh, I know that he uh, he said he's going to be at some uh, music festival at Joe's farm. Actually, Joe, uh, how long have you had your farm? Oh, about five years. I've been throwing music festivals for a while. It's uh, it's it, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's that's good. I'm I'm glad. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, he uh, he's going to be around right throughout the summer as well. So uh, looking forward to that, and looking forward to text, uh, texting him to catching up with him a bit later. It's at Joe's Farms, the Sundown Festival, Joe. That's what it's called on the second of Jan. That's what I called it. Yeah, that's, that's what you called it. Yeah, nice, nice, Joe. Uh, Joe is responsible for so much. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, he's also the voice of Trudy's World. Mm. You know, Mitch, if you were wondering about that. And they even touched up his voice a little bit as well. Oh, I don't think they Made it sound to. a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Can we play that? Oh, we just no, <laughs> no. <laughs> we're, not, we're not playing that now. Okay, right. We're not playing that now. But uh, yeah, so like I said, coming up, Shane Watson. So if you want, if you've got a question for 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 Watto, uh, you can jump on the Kenard Higher uh, phone line 0800 0800-150-811 and uh, and and fire us a question for Shane Watson, or you can just text it through to us as well on double eight double three and let us know where you are listening to SENZ as well, because we're going to have him on shortly. Uh, whereabouts did you play with Shane Watson? You said you were rooming yeah. with him, so must yeah, have been no, I, met, IPL, I, was um, I met Shane Watson the first time in St. Lucia. Yeah. So playing CPL together. Yeah. Um, we did a tenure there. Uh, not a super successful one. Um, <laughs> and then um, then uh, I signed with, while I was over there, I signed with the Sydney Thunder. Um, so I got to play uh, what I was my, my skipper at Sydney Thunder. And so that's, that's where we ended up rooming together. I think it was Adelaide. Um, two separate rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't sharing sharing the same same exact room, but right. Yeah, so I didn't see heaps of him, but I saw, like I said, I saw his feet out the door and thought, what the, what's going on here? Yeah, he's had this little ankle contraption which he had to warm his ankle up in every every day as well. Oh, he's so. got dodgy dodgy ankles. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. so he's he's what's... a big prep man. He's uh, interesting interesting to hear his, his story. I know he paid for his own physio to go away with him, um, just so he could get fit. 
So yeah, because he's a big unit. We mentioned that earlier. And when you're bowling pace and you're a big mm. unit, I mean, that's it's the knees and the ankles that take the, the punishment, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not as big as you as you look on TV. Just so everyone knows, like I don't, I'm not as big as I look on TV. So yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. That's probably yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he, he does look bigger than he was on TV. He's, he's still an athlete, still yeah. a genuine athlete. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, when I say big rig, I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm, I don't mean comparing to other cricketers. Yeah, only comparing to other cricketers. Yeah, stick thin, your bolties. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Kane Williamson. What's even Southie? Southie's geez, he, remember he went through that. He was bigger at one stage, and geez, he's he's raked thin now, Slim, isn't he? Slim down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even Kane. I mean, he, he looks. What is he? Five foot eight, seventy kilos, dripping wet, something like that. <laughs> That's what he looks like, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah little fellas, eh? Yeah. He's got that one forearm. He's got that tennis forearm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Old, uh, old Kane. He's got that one, that front arm, that front forearm. Well, she's solid. Yeah, it's like she's Popeye. She's real solid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Popeye, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Popeye from Tauranga. Yeah, that's him. See, the guy that uh, surprised me, you know, you talk about people, you see them on the on TV and, and you know, they look big. The other way around for me was that having watched the All Blacks a bit and the Crusaders, Richie McCaw, because yeah. obviously he's always in and around a Ford pack, yeah. so he doesn't look that big. Yeah. And then I saw him in person at a radio station I used to walk, work at, and he walked through with these double doors, and he walked through the double doors, and honestly, there was you get about a matchstick between his shoulders and the door frame either side. Mm. Like he just took up the whole doorway, and I was just like, I had no idea you were that big. He's huge. Oh, he's, he's much smaller now. Hey, eh? now he's doing yeah. those ultra ultra, ultra marathons. marathons. Yeah. Oh man. Yes, yeah, slim, slim right down. Oh, wouldn't you just kick your feet up at the end of your career? Oh, man, I wouldn't no. be doing ultra just take marathons, a break. that's for sure. You take know? a break. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think of anything worse than an ultra marathon. I don't want to run 5K, let alone yeah. that one. Well, Kieran, Kieran's into his trail trail runs, so you know he's he's probably a big fan of Richie going on that stuff. I was going to say, I don't don't quite do them at all, mate. Yeah, probably <laughs> don't really run to the mailbox. As yeah, Kieran, far as I rather watch You know what Kieran's oh, yeah, doing? No, a fair bit. Kieran's waiting for uh, for Madden you uh, Madden trail runs to come out because that's about as, as close as you'll get. You play it on the PlayStation. Yeah, you just spam R two L two the little triggers <laughs> and it and it runs for you. I tell you, you what, just do there, that for there four hours be, consecutively. There will be a metaverse where you can go to the gym in the metaverse rather than just working out. I reckon. Yeah. You'll have a little avatar go. that. Uh, yeah. A little well, character that goes. We into went the there for a little while, didn't they? We almost went, almost broke that fourth wall. Oh, away. My, that was my dad's trick to get fit. Yeah, he bought a Wii. <laughs> did it work? No, <laughs> no, no, absolutely, it didn't. It just right. made us feel worth worse about ourselves. Outstanding. <laughs> it is twenty-one away from ten here on SENZ. This is your summer breakfast. Uh, Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Paul, with you up next. Shane Watson joins the show. It is 16 away from 10 here on SENZ, your summer breakfast. Ricardo Ball, Mitch McLennigan with you. And uh, our next guest uh, is uh, an absolute legend of the game, a bloke uh, who he's done pretty much everything you can in the game, and he's got his own own brand now, t20stars.net. But before we do that, let's do this. He absolutely pummeled it. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket, thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Shane Watson, of course, uh, and Shane joins us on the phone now. And Shane, uh, first question for you, Mitch uh, was telling me off air before that his New Balance contract's run out. He's just wondering when the T20 Stars one is turning up in the post. <laughs> this has always been an opportunist. Good on it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah. T20 stars. 
it's it's ready to get it's ready to go. Oh, I'm beautiful! For an international superstar to sponsor, so um, yeah. Well, that's not me yeah, at the moment. Like chat after that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me at the moment. That's why I'm on the radio. <laughs> it's more of a supernova than a superstar. Oh, mate, cracking! So it's all going well. So you got you got your kit at t20stars.com, and then uh, you've got your podcast at uh, t20stars.net. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I launched another cricket range um, January last year. Just to, um, you know, I suppose I've always absolutely loved my cricket gear. Um, I've always been a cricket gear um, nuffy, really. So um, to be able to have the opportunity to be able to put all my sort of knowledge and information that I've gained over my career into my cricket range and try and make it as affordable as I possibly can as well, um, to be able to get as many people into cricket um, around the world, and especially um, here in Australia, is something that's really um, dear to me. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And the podcast, yes, I did, I did about 40-odd episodes of a podcast called Lessons Over the Greats, talking to um, a number of legends of, of world cricket, just asking around cricket-specific stuff, around technique and mentally, but also around life lessons and that as well, which I found found absolutely fascinating. Shane, just uh, on that, I mean, uh, you know, T20 Stars is the name of, of the of the podcast, and you're 40-odd episodes in. At which episode does Mitch McLennigan appear? So I'm just trying to figure out where he sits <laughs> on the star spectrum. <laughs> well, I've, I've sort of I've only done one season so far, so um, I haven't sort of got into the second one yet. So yeah, Mitch, Mitch isn't on my list right now, but he will be for the second. So season, so that, second so second season you'll do T20 stars again, and then you'll do a third season of T20 mediocre stars, and that's when you'll give me the call. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. But I'm still not sure. The podcast has been um, great, um, but yeah, I'm still working through whether the second season will come in. So I'll let you know if it does, Mitch. <laughs> Beautiful, mate. Hey, I'm <laughs> just so we quickly touch on the Ashes. I know you're a very optimistic bloke, um, but you even look going into the series. I'm sure you didn't see a three nil drumming in the in the fashion that it's come about. I didn't see a three nil drubbing to what it is, but I knew the Aussies were going to dominate things. The English, in particular, batting was very, very inexperienced. And to be able to come over to Australia and, and try and take on the quality of our, our bowlers was always going to be difficult. And um, Joe Root, he's, he's got a lot of experience here batting here, but just about there's no one else really who's got the experience to be able to play here in Australia. So I always knew they were pretty sort of, um, yeah, didn't have the talent. And, and also their other big star, Ben Stokes, knowing that he was coming underdone as well. So... I knew it was going to be um, Australia were going to dominate, but not to this extent like, like they have as well. Um, I've, been, I've been I've been pretty surprised. So I thought England would have bowled, I suppose, probably a bit more consistently, with, especially in especially in Adelaide. So um, it's just one of those things. I just haven't really found their groove yet, and it's gosh, three tests in and they've and they've lost the series. Yeah, terrible stuff, really, isn't it? Um, look, I mean, the Aussies yeah. have had the wood over New Zealand for a while. I know. I know when we played, or New Zealand played Australia in New Zealand at Eden Park, that awesome pool game. Um, the the atmosphere was unbelievable. But I know, I know there's a little cheeky chat, and I don't know if it came up on your podcast or it heads um, about uh, how nice we were. And then you guys took that took that to heart, and then took it into the World Cup final. Maybe you kind of delve into that a touch. <laughs> Uh, thanks for bringing it up, Mitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, this, <laughs> that, that game at Eden Park was something that was, um, gosh, it was one of the most intense atmospheres I've ever been a part of, just knowing how much New Zealand just 
<laughs> the crowd just wanted blood on that day for, for the Aussie blood. It was it was incredible to be able to see, and then Kane Kane to be able to just pull a rub out of the hat at the end just to finish off Kula's. Cool and calm as he always is was um, was great for New Zealand, um, and it was really a wake up call for for us the Aussies. Um, but yeah, there's no doubt during during that World Cup in particular, gosh, New Zealand just obviously played brilliant cricket, but just they're just so nice. And you don't always you don't play against teams where you just go even um, standing in the race before we went to do the I went to have the um, national anthems. Everything was just so friendly and nice. It was just actually a little bit. Uh, it took us off guard because most teams just a bit of small talk, but and that's about it. But um, you guys just went above and beyond to be extra nice, and that sort of <laughs> I did feel a few things, especially going into the final. But um, it's from a New Zealand perspective, you always you know play incredible cricket, but to be the nice guys as well, um, I suppose not, now being a parent, that's what you you want your kids to be. Whereas the Aussies. Yeah, we yeah we are as always nice guys all the time. <laughs> well, I would imagine Shane. I mean, just you know, thinking about Brad Haddon, his kids must be absolutely feral if he, you know, if, if, in terms of the way he wanted you guys to be. I mean, if he's like that with his kids, jeez. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's going to be exactly that with his kids, um, <laughs> but yeah, I know that's just. I suppose <laughs> you'd hope not because you want your kids to enjoy it and, and respect the absolutely respect the game and, and love the game. And um, I suppose growing up in Australian cricket. Even in my early you know, early twenties, I started. You're sort of taught to. You always you know, come in an environment where it's not giving the opposition an inch at all. It's always making sure that they feel uncomfortable um, out out in the field. I know that was something that that was something that Ricky Ponting always made sure that we. Just how he is. If you're playing the, you're playing a team with the with the guys and they're great, they're really nice people, great people. But on the field, there was just you know no no prisoners really. They were just very much. Even if they weren't saying anything, they just wouldn't um, say anything like outwardly to to someone. They just wouldn't even really acknowledge much of <laughs> someone being there just to make um, the opposition feel as uncomfortable as possible. So you've got like uh, like life lessons that you've had throughout your podcast. Just quickly before we we let you get back to Lee and the kids, um, you know, if throughout the podcast, what's the best life lesson someone's ever given you? Gosh, it's so yeah, it's a great question. There's there's just so there's so many of them. Like the thing about the podcast that um, I did, like a probably my favorite my favorite podcast um, episode that I did easily was with Viv Richards. He is all my just my absolute ultimate hero. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to play as my mentor um, of um, the Quetta Gladiators for the Pakistan Super League. Mm. So. Um, just to be able to see his perspective um, on life, especially growing up in the, the Caribbean and obviously being as incredibly good as what he was. But then, um, you know, the lessons that he learned around, um, I suppose, the humility of, of, you know, continuing to live his life, being a, one of the greatest cricketers mm. he's ever played, um, was something that was very cool. But, um, look, it's it's hard to pinpoint one apart from, you know, apart from Fair. you because... For me to be able to like spend time with someone who I absolutely adored growing up, it was just the ultimate sort of ultimate cricketer. The way he took on the game and was really so far before his time. Viv Richards was um. He's a genuine legend. One of my, one genuine of my legend. Highlights. 
So any, anyone who's mm. wanting to check out that podcast can head over to t20stars.net. Um, that's on there. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Watto. Uh, we didn't even get to uh, um, what Ricardo wanted to ask about you rooming with me. So we'll save that the for another time. Biggest challenge of your career, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Surviving that in one piece. Oh, funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> you will definitely get you back, Watto. Definitely get you back, mate. There's, there's another plug in it for you. Go well, man, and uh, have a great New Year's nah, with the family too, eh? Yeah, you two guys, great to chat. Cheers, stuff. Uh, legend Shane Watson there uh, talking, uh, you know, uh, his new uh, venture and talking the ashes as well. It is seven away from ten here on SENZ. This is SENZ, your summer breakfast, Ricardo Ball and uh, Mitch McLennigan with you through till 11 o'clock. And interesting that uh, Shane Watson talked about Viv, the Viv Richards episode being his favourite because one of my favourite cricket stories is Viv Richards. And I can't remember who it was, but he was playing, I think he was playing county cricket in England. And there was a, some bowler who come down, put one past the edge of his bat and put another one past the edge of his bat and, and walked down the crease, uh, walked down the wicket as fast bowlers like to do and said, it's red and it's round. And then the very next ball, Viv Richards put him out of the ground over his head and said, you know what it looks like, go find it. Oh, that's so good. There's so many good sledges from those days. Eh? Now, guys, just, I don't know, they're just lacking the social skills to be able to have any good chat on the, on the field, really. Yeah, it's, it's too much. <laughs> well, they've all been used. All the good ones have been used. And it's like, oh, you can't go back and say it's red and round, go find yeah, it. Yeah, you just, you just got to reinvent. <laughs> you just reinvent. You, just, you steal from here, you steal from there, and then you make it your own, you see. Yeah, yeah, true, true, that's, true. That's how yeah, I'm, I'm like big on. Change a few different uh, items up instead yeah. of a biscuit, maybe a donut. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, instead of a Mars bar, it might be yeah. a caramel. Oh, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. You know so there's yeah. a few country in there. Country to country changes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nice. You just like got to change it up. Change it up, keep it fresh. Good chat. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, this is the SCN's Summer Breakfast. Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Paul with you through to 11 o'clock. We've got barbecue tips coming your way in the next hour and your calls. Uh, but right now it's time for news with Karen. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water 110 mil for just 34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. It's the SENZ Summer Breakfast. Mitch McLennigan, Ricardo Ball with you. And uh, a great choice of music there from uh, Karen. Uh, Joe, schooling you. Uh, that is so much better than uh, that Henry Styles guy that you were playing. I've, I've messaged my mum. She's going to send a playlist of songs that's uh, age-appropriate, okay? Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not even uh, how new that was. It was just how boring it was. It was like it was like if 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 a wallpaper was a flavour, that's what it would have tasted like. You know? Okay, well, I've got an extra ticket to Harry Styles. You're not in? No. Okay, no, all right. No, Never mind. Maybe I'm, Karen. I don't know. No, I don't think so. No? No. Uh, let's uh, go he, dress he, shopping. The, Harry Styles, do you want to go to the show with Joe? No, I do not. No, okay. no, there you go. That's fine. Josh Homme, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but, Josh yeah. Homme, definitely. Oh, I have no idea who that is. Cool. That's All this right, bloke a... that's singing now. Oh, he's a cool guy, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's good. Yeah, married to Juliet Lewis. Did you know that? 
Wow, another person I don't know. Yeah, How good, eh? Perfect. Yeah, so good. good. So good. Uh, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to school Joe on music uh, throughout the rest of uh, this week and next as well. Actually, uh, great band live, Queens of Stone Age. you seen them? Oh, I haven't seen them, but no, this was my Meatworks song. Your Meatworks song? <laughs> yeah, I worked okay. on the Meatworks for years. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, this is my Meatworks song with the old, uh, I had the CD player. Oh, yeah, yeah the I didn't have an, oh, Yeah, I didn't have an uh, iPod at that stage, but this is my Meatworks song and uh, pushing beef and uh, plugging in under the uh, hard hat and the, and the chiller clothes, oh. pushing beef and picking up pigs. So, it's <laughs> just, yeah. Selection uh, duties for the next hour, too. Yeah, I'm not yeah, leaving it to that young in there, okay? Yeah, yeah no, don't do I'll, it. Do I'll that. see what I can come up yeah, with well, for I, you. Honestly, it won't be worse than what he's been giving us, so that's good. Thanks very much, Gary. I'm locking the door. No one's going <laughs> <in> to <there. laughs> uh, Josh Homer, actually, um, he's a member of Caius as well before he was in um, Queens of the Stone Age. He's done lots of other stuff. He had a band called Them Crooked Vultures. Oh, yeah. With Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Oh, wow. And John Paul Jones, the bass player from uh, Led Zeppelin. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's done heaps of stuff. But uh, they had a gig at, I'm trying to remember where it was. I think it was the Logan Campbell Centre. And we got invited to uh, to pre-drinks. Oh, and so I God. thought, oh, yeah, that'll, it'll just be, you know, you, you'll, you'll barely see him. Yeah. And it'll be just a record company people type thing. Went in there and he is playing host. <laughs> he's like literally, st- he's a big guy. He's like 6'4", yeah. 6'5". Six, six, he's a yeah. big guy. He stood in the middle and, uh, you know, people milling around and, you get taken there, introduced to him, and like, and That's you cool. know, it's like, hey, Josh, That's this is Ricardo. Cool. And I'm like, hey, bro, how you doing? And he's like, yeah, good. And he's like, have you got a beer? And I'm like, no, I don't have a beer. He goes, I'll get you a beer. And then he goes, goes off, comes back, gives That's me a beer, awesome. has a yarn. Super good dude. That's cool. Does yeah. that happen much nowadays? Uh, not like that. No, that yeah. was, yeah, it was almost it's like he was hosting. Like, yeah. you know, whereas a lot of the time they have those things and those guys are just there being hosted. Yeah. And yeah. they kind of do as little as possible. Yeah. Generally. But no, no it was good. It oh, was good on him. Yeah. It was good. Oh, night. a great fella. Yeah. Top man. Top man. There you go. Anyway, that's a, a, a little bit of a sideline from the uh, from, from the sporting stories. Um, now, what we had on the last hour, Shane Watson, uh, it'd be great to get him on again because uh, it feels like that man's got a million stories. We could have had, we could have had him for an hour. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, obviously you guys are quite good mates, uh, having played a bit together. There are always there are always people that you clash with in, 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 in your workplace and things. Is there anybody in cricket that you just like, nah, not having a bar of them? I just don't I just don't want to go there. <laughs> oh, bro. Yeah. No, nah, you always have your run ins. Yeah. You always have your run ins and you just hope you don't pick a senior player and that's the end of your career. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I suppose you don't, you don't, you don't want to burn any bridges right now. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no. You're not going to name I'm, names? I'm done, mate. I'm yeah. done, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. yeah well, we'll, well, well... Yeah, you told me about oh, I could be a politician. Oh, I think be. I'll just skip past he's that one skip. for now, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah I thought, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. He's, he skipped it well. Honestly, uh, that is the best po- uh, political answer I've heard yeah. uh, for a while. Hey, it is time, though, to talk. Uh, barbecuing with Clint Davies uh, from Moor Pork. He's got, uh, I think he's got a couple of restaurants. I know he's got one up in Kumu, which is reopening on the fifth of Jan. But yesterday, Mitch, you were talking about your. This is how you barbecue a steak. This is how you do it to perfection. So I thought we should get Clint on to give us some other tips about barbecuing uh, for, for, for summer. Yeah, uh, I think Clint's with us uh, uh, live from uh, Whangamata. How you doing, bud? Good, mate. Good yourselves. Yeah, not too badly, mate. Uh, what's happening in, in Whangamata? Are you taking more pork on the road? Are you, are you down there with the big trailer? Yeah, we've got the big trailer down there. Going to throw some meat on it um, just before the event on the 2nd at the Sundown um, and, Festival. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you uh, are you set up you set up in Whangamataa working, or is that just parked up at the batch you're staying at and you're just cooking for everyone? Oh, I just hear that's all. That's how we do it down there. Throw the big smoker there. Throw, oh, when there's thirty people in the batch, you you, you got to you got to throw a little bit of meat on there, eh? Yeah. What cuts are you running with? Ah, uh, we used a whole bunch of different ones. We did a whole bunch of scotches the other night, which was quite good. Beautiful. All nicely reverse seared. Yes, that's what we're talking about. How long? So, what temperature do you like reverse sear at? Uh, so we normally take them to like 130 Fahrenheit, and then rest them 10 minutes, and then we'll go a minute on the crisscross each side, and they'll be sitting about perfect medium. Oh, that's just what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's it? hungry. Beautiful. Yeah, my, my stomach's going already, Clint. Um, now, I've I've been into uh, your fine establishment before, and honestly, uh, the best some of the best pulled pork I've, I've ever had anywhere. Um, but in terms of your marinades, your sauces and things, do you guys make all those from scratch yourselves as well? Yeah, mate, yeah. So all of, all of that stuff we just we make in-house. It's, and we play around a little bit here and there. Different different cuts require different things, eh? Yeah. So, you know, with your scotch, sometimes you just want it plain with salt and pepper, and sometimes you go, you know what, screw it. We're going to throw a few other bits and pieces in there and see what it comes up like. Well, I, I guess it's too, because you have... I would imagine there's different meats or different cuts have different densities. You know, pork's probably denser than beef or lamb, for example. I mean, uh, when you're when you're looking at cooking a piece of, of, of meat, uh, what's what are the first things you look for to decide on, on what your process is going to be? Well, first thing we're going to look for is just see how much actual internal muscle structure or fat there is in the internal muscle structures, and then we go, okay, we're, then we're going to work out what sort of meat it is. Like for a lamb, we don't normally add much sugar to it. We just use a blend of spices. But when we're doing pork, we want to add a little bit of sugar to the rub. Um, just helps with the colour. And same with chicken as well. Um, like most of the, the larger cuts, we want, to, we want to let it sit on there overnight before we do it, um, before we put it in the smoker and actually cook it. But then again, when you're doing your ribs, you only need 30, to 30 minutes to an hour of um, time for the rub to sit on there. So when you when you're leaving the rub on, are you leaving out outside outside the old uh, for refrigerator, or you you're putting it in there? Ah, uh, no, in the in the fridge. Oh yeah, got to keep got to keep it safe, mate. Oh yeah, safe. oh yeah, true, true, true. Health and safety, I yeah. understand. Yeah. If there was no health and safety, how long would you leave it out? Because I'm thinking of my home, and I just want the best quality I can possibly get. So if you're looking if you're looking to get smoke ring, you want to probably pull it straight from the fridge and put it on. You get longer time to develop that smoke ring. Oh yeah. But if you're looking if you're looking for a, a little bit quicker uh, quicker cooking time, you, say, you can leave it out on the bench for a little bit. You've got four hours before you need to like get it to a cook temperature. Yeah, because that was the thing that I was thinking actually that uh, that Mitch was talking about there. I think is that you know if something is is cooler. Um, or it's cold. It, it doesn't absorb flavour as fast as something that's kind of more relaxed and warmer. Is that is that is that correct thinking, or is my science backwards? Um, well, it depends. It will still absorb the flavour. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take like so. For, for smoking, for example, you get a lot of um, your smoke ring, like you know the red ring around the outside of it when you yep. smoke it, especially on beef and. And you know, you can't see it quite as much on pork, but if you if you put it in cold, it has more time to develop because it's just a chemical reaction between the um, the smoke and the and the blood within the meat. Nice. Now, Clint. So, um... so yeah, so it, it, work, it works both ways. If you, if you like, for the ribs, we'll just leave them out on the bench and let them because they'll hydrate better in that short amount of time. Oh, nice. 
And um, then, what's what's your what's your ultimate goal? I know you got the you got the trailer. You've got I've searched, I was looking at your grills before. They look outstanding. Your smokers look awesome. You've got a good little lineup. Um, can't wait to come have a look. But you know, do you do you want like a big pit like Tootsie uh, off that Netflix doc- documentary where you just got pit after pit after pit and you just open it up for one day, one day a week, sell out, and then you got the whole week off. Well, shit, that sounds like a dream, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks outstanding. I, 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 we, we, we might need to own a little bit more stuff before we can afford to do that. But you know, you've been over there, and that's where that's where you learn learn your trade, your inspiration for for more pork. Um, you know, some of those those cookhouses that you go to are they just just unbelievable? Oh yeah, it's like next level, next level what you see over there compared to like, and it's a lot to do with. Um, popular density eh, to to what you can actually sell in a day. So, you know, as, as Auckland grows, hopefully there's the opportunity just to be able to open one day a week. Oh, how good would It'd that be, be? Like my dream job, wouldn't it? Cook <laughs> overnight, open in the morning, sell out by two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, that'd be and beautiful. And then be off the Whangamataa for the week. Yeah, mate. Come on, see you later. <laughs> don't, don't call me. Go on fishing. Go on fishing, mate. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon that'll be uh, that'll be superb. Uh, in, in terms of uh, your go-to, uh, I know there's always going to be that. Uh, you know, you'll always have your favourite. What, what's your go-to, mate? If uh, any any day of the week that you're uh, you, you're feeling peckish, what are you what are you wrapping out? Oh, my my favourite still is the pulled pork, hundred percent. Um, and then straight behind that, it's brisket for sure. Well, I have have heard that Ricardo says your pulled pork buns uh, are the best he's ever had, ever. And I'd imagine Ricardo, you would have had a few pulled pork buns well, in your time. Are you looking at the size of me? Yeah, yeah, it's probably a fair. That's probably a fair assessment. A fair assessment. It's a mirror here, mate. I've had quite a few, so I'm looking forward to coming out and seeing it and trying them out. Yeah, definitely. I actually, uh, do you use much? Um, much in the way of booze in your in, in your in your cooking because I I was in the states a while ago with a mate of mine. Uh, well, I was, he lived there, and we were going to have ribs, yep. and um, he was do, doing them. So he was a butcher, so he, he got he got a cut from work and brought it home, and he did his own rub, which was a lot of uh, brown sugar and stuff. And then he he basically made like a funnel. So they were in this they're in this foil uh, this big foil wrap, and there was a funnel at each end, and he just got a a can of Pab's Blue Ribbon and poured a whole can down the funnel and. To the thing and then slow roasted the roast for about four hours. I mean, do you do much of that sort of stuff? No, nah, you can you can do it, but it's not something that we do regularly, or or actually ever. It's yeah. just with the, the adding, adding booze to it, and then you just got to increase the price of the product. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair fair point. We we do do see a lot of yeah. uh, you know yeah, yeah, but, bourbon yeah. rubs and things, don't we, for 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 barbecue. Yes, I would be would be more inclined to put that into the sauce and finish it with that, so you've still got that flavour. Yeah, right, right, right with you. you so you, what you're saying is you're better off putting it in for four hours and then cracking that beer and having it cold while you're waiting. Hundred <laughs> percent. The, the, the beer doesn't. The beer normally doesn't make it in the food because it's gone somewhere else. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, mate. I hear what you're saying. All right, Clint. So uh, you uh, you are heading off to uh, uh, to Joe's farm for for a festival on the second, um, the Sundown yep. Festival. Where and, and you're back open in Kumiu on the fifth, are you? That's correct. Yep. And are you going to be, be anywhere else in between? Um, we've got the hot, uh, Kumiu Hot Rod Show on the fifteenth, sixteenth, I believe. Um, and then we're also going down to the Kickstarter 
or the Kickdown Festival as well, back in Tongmata. Super. On the 20th through the 23rd. Yeah. So, keeping you busy, so mate. Plen- plenty of movement in January. Yeah. So, what you need to do basically is, is you just need more people putting on festivals in Tongmata so you can go- keep going back. <laughs> Well, yeah, it just gets me out of Auckland, eh? <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> hey, good stuff, Clint. Thanks for coming on and having a chat, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well and have a, have a great New yeah. Year's. And uh, uh, I think yeah. Mitch and I will see you out at Moorpork uh, sometime around the 5th or 6th of January. Sounds like a plan, guys. All right. then, eh? Sounds good. See you then. Uh, Clint Davies there from Moorpork uh, talking barbecue and giving us a few tips. Uh, what did you learn from that? Uh, I'm looking forward to these pulled pork buns, that's yeah. for sure. I didn't know so much sugar went into um, the pork and the chicken rubs, mm. which I found interesting. Just to give it a bit more flavour, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. hey? Yeah, kind of all the chicken I've ever done has just always been kind of salt and pepper yeah, uh, mainly. Yeah, so, no, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, probably need to play around with my own rubs and stuff like that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I think I think it's barbecue. I mean, it's the only way, to, it's part of summer, isn't it? Mm, it's part it of is. summer, chuck the cricket on. Yeah, fire up the Barbie, Boxing Day races, New Year's races. Yeah. They're beautiful, we've particularly got, if you have a smoker. Oh, well, we've got one of the old school Weber Q, uh, Webers. It's not a Weber Q, but it's one of the old school Webers, which is so you can use colon. Yeah. Yeah, and so we use that and you fire it and you can heat that and you can use, add different uh, sawdust to it for different flavors oh, yeah. of what's, smoke. What's your go-to? Uh, well, to be honest, my missus mainly does it. She's, I mean, I do all the eating. She does all the cooking. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how it works. Nice. Uh, but she's real passionate about it. And, um, yeah, she used a lot of um, this sawdust that's got like a honey uh, a uh, manuka a manuka yeah, 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 the, yeah that's before. it's nice yeah and that, that works that works really really well particularly with like lamb or pork yeah beautiful I, even the manuka one I found really nice on steaks bit of yeah. cherry wood yeah nice. throw it in just at the end goes yeah, well shut the vents just at the last minute just, I'm probably I'm just making it up I, I don't well, know if you're supposed to do that but I'll just throw it in at the end how does it taste the afterwards vents. Beautiful, man. Well, you're doing it right then. You're doing it right then. That's, you answered <laughs> yeah. your own question. Too right, man. Too right. Yeah. Now, uh, if you've got some uh, some barbecue tips, some uh, some recipes you want to share with us here on SENZ, of course, it is uh, your summer breakfast. And I know we're supposed to be talking sport, but I mean, you, you can't be sporting all the time. You've got to be taking a break. You've got to be feeding the feeding the motor uh, before you sit down and, and, and crack a cold one and watch some cricket. So uh, give us your go-tos for summer on the Barbie. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line or text us on 8833. <laughs> this is SENZ, your uh, summer breakfast with Mitch McClendon and Ricardo Ball. Uh, just updating you the scores, uh, it is the 91st minute between Chelsea and Brighton Hove Albion and Danny Welbeck has equalised for Brighton. So it is one apiece between Chelsea and Brighton at the moment. Uh, and Manchester City have just had a goal disallowed by Phil Foden, so it is still 1-0 in that game against Brentford. Uh, Manchester City are leading. It is uh, 10.25. We've got darts on as well uh, today uh, from the World Champs at the Alley Pally. Uh, Mitch and uh, Gary Anderson got out of jail before, didn't he? He did, but I thought we might not skip past the fact that you've been announcing your winners the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah I, I just thought maybe maybe you just want to also announce your losers. Uh, well, I will, but the game's not finished yet. <laughs> okay, I've, I've still got a couple of minutes of injury time. Yeah, I just wanted to be even on every side. No, so, fair you know, call. So the punters out there know. Yeah, yeah, no, you you got you got to talk about the losses with the wins, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just gone full-time, so I've lost that one. Oh, oh no. no. Sorry, so, so I had, because I, I looked at it yesterday and I thought, Chelsea, you know, they had a bunch of draws in a row, but then they won last time out and they're at home against Brighton. I thought, yeah. oh, they should, I mean, it'll be tight, but they should win that. And, and Manchester City should beat Brentford. So I backed both in a multi to win. And then Danny Welbeck, ex United player, of course, 
come <laughs> through the ranks. It's yeah. come back and bitten me, scoring a minute out from full time to make oh, it a one all. Mate, oh, devastating. Devastating. Yeah, mate, absolutely. But we had spoken about Chelsea coming in with the draw Mm, last couple of days as we've been building up to it. You went against our chat. I went against my own advice. Yeah, your own advice, actually, because I I know nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, it was just one of those. I was like, sometimes I have to, when it comes to football, I have to kind of try and pull my heart out of it and think a bit with my head. And I'm like, is it because I think Chelsea are going to draw or is it because I want them to drop points? Oh. Yeah, and I think it was a little bit of both, but I thought, Probably on the on the on the balance, so Chelsea should win. Do you feel okay? I don't that feel too bad. Points. Yeah, I feel okay about the, the yeah. fact that they've So that's points. how we're gonna that's, we're gonna get over this. We're, yeah, we're gonna roll with or it. Or pretend way. to get over this. Yeah, yeah. But that that two fifty is gonna be making a return to my account. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. We are back. We are. Yeah. We are indeed. Yeah, that's right. Gary Anderson, four uh, three. Um, over Ian White, so that's the first of uh, the evening session. So um, that was third round. So one third round, and we're into the fourth round at the minute. We've got uh, Gwen Price against. <laughs> yeah, against <laughs> yeah, you two... can give that one a crap. Oh, you know, I was, I was, I was. Uh, when you started going on this, one, I was like, oh great, I'll get. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll yeah, get. Let's just say Dirk, this guy's Dirk name. Van der Juvenbode, is it? Ju- no, that's nowhere I, near it, is it? I reckon that's pretty Dirk close. Vander. Yeah, the Dirk the Vander, Vander, and it's D U I J, so that's Ju, I'd say, and then Van Bode. I reckon. Van Bode, yeah, yeah, I reckon. Dirk you're right. Van Juven. Oh, man, I'm yeah. not even going to give Dirk that a Dirk Van Juven Bode. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, but he's three zip up anyway, Gwen Price, isn't he? Mm, he just finished that with an 11 data. 132 and finishing on a bullseye to get out of there. He's been playing nicely, eh? Yeah. He's, he's been, been playing, playing real, real nice. nice. He's been playing real and it's But it's not been without controversy. Obviously, we lost uh, Michael Van Gerwen. Yesterday, due to COVID, right? Um, well, uh, Dave Chisnell, um, he's also tested for positive for COVID and has pulled out as well. And before his match today, Gerwin Price and the press has said, look, maybe uh, to make this as, as level as possible, we should postpone the world champs and come back when everybody's good. But he's obviously been told no, and he's, he's had to play. And I mean, he's, he's absolutely smashed his opponent. But I reckon so- that's great. What a what a great idea! Yeah. I, I don't. This is the same thing. You've got to find solutions to these problems. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You can't have your number one seed, uh, top of the rankings this year, in Van Gerwen, um, miss out on miss out on playing in in the world championship. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. No, makes no sense to me either. So um, yeah, on that. Uh, so that's that's where the darts sit at the moment. I think we've got another game uh, coming up shortly as well uh, from the Alley Pally. Uh, we do have a text, and uh, you can text us on double eight double three from Zaid. Hi guys, me Zaid here in all capitals. Uh, Chelsea are one 0 up. Uh, I'm watching the game on Sparks. Well, good, good work, Zaid. Probably not so happy now. Um, I don't know if we're going to get a follow up text from Zaid on that match. He is a big Chelsea fan, I know. So he, might, he might be a bit dark. There's a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, give us give us your rundown because we didn't get to see the game. So Zaid, fire through your rundown on mm. double eight double three and let us know the breakdown and where Chelsea went wrong. Yeah, well, it, it looked like uh, they, they they were a bit filthy, Chelsea. They got, uh, I think, five yellow cards in this match, which against an underdog when you're at home, it doesn't happen very often. It's normally the other way. How many of those were hair-pulling incidents? <laughs> I don't think there were any hair-pulling no, incidents no, in this no. one. Not like, uh, not like that game or between uh, Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers. Oh, I still can't get over that when you showed me that. That was... Uh, that, that, <laughs> just the way that the, the, the Sydney FC player went past... Uh, Went past her opponent, and then the opponent just reaches out, grabs the ponytail, and gives it the full. Yeah, pulled her off her feet. 
that's how hard she pulled it. And obviously the bird was running as well. Maybe she's so. looked at Ronda Rousey and how much money she's made in, <laughs> in the old wrestling the UFC, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or even going to the wrestling. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Or the WWE. Oh, yeah. yeah. How good. Mate, that would be fantastic. Yeah, a little That'd bit be... more than should be getting playing uh, A-League. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, you probably don't have to worry about the drug tests that you get at the at UFC either. That's why well, Brock Lesnar keeps going back there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Was Brock back, is he? Yeah, well, he's always back, hey? mate. He's always back when there's a payday. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, indeed. Oh, uh, yeah, you can phone us here with a Kenneth uh, Higher phone line 0800 150 811 or Texas double eight double three. Coming up shortly, we've got the Baz and Izzy playback, which is actually uh, Ben Robb, New Zealand darts player who's been at the World Champs. Right now, though, it's time for news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand with Karen. This is SENZ, it's your summer breakfast with Mitch McClanagan, Ricardo Ball, in for Baz and Izzy. It is uh, 28 away from 11. Uh, we are going to uh, hear uh, from the Baz and Izzy playback with Ben Robert in a little while, but on the uh, Kennards Higher phone line, 0800 150 811, is Zade, who uh, texted us in before. Uh, he's absolutely gutted it. How's it, how the tissue stock's holding up, Zade, after the uh, Brighton school, that late equaliser against your beloved Chelsea? Wasn't too good at it. They, um, um, they didn't have a shot on target for like over 40 minutes, which for me um, was, was why Chelsea didn't win the game this morning. Um, Romelu Lukaku is looking pretty clinical back for Chelsea, um, but they're having too many injuries right now, and I think trying to, they, they might need to find a left back and a few defenders in that January window before... Um, and it's not getting easier. We've got a Liverpool Man City coming up, so no, you're right. some more points. You're right, Zade, it's not getting any easier. Uh, the yellow cards, uh, talk us through. The Chelsea's just starting to lose the plot. Yeah, a bit angry. Um, <laughs> but for me, I think um, Chelsea, the title race is over. It's between um, Man City and Liverpool. I think if Man City win this this morning, I reckon they've got it wrapped. I reckon Man City might win the Premier League again this year. What are the chances of uh, uh, Chelsea dropping down below uh, good old West Ham? Oh, don't know about that. Um, I want to go into some cricket quickly while we've got um, uh, Mitch McLennigan. He used to play for the Auckland Aces, and um, they're, they're, they're on some form, aren't they? Three wins in a row. Yeah, they're going good. They're uh, and out against a pretty poor uh, Otago side at the minute, um, just struggling along. Um, but yeah, no, they're good. Hey, they look right out of. Uh, doesn't look like many of them were eating during their little isolation period in Auckland. <laughs> Jeez, it's the skinniest, skinniest Auckland seat I've ever seen. Now that they've lost myself and Munro. Um, well, well, just quickly, um, I was going to talk about a big bash. What the hell was happening last night in that Brisbane Heat game? Oh my God, that was a bit of a weird game between um, Sydney Sixers who were second, and for me, the Brisbane Heat absolutely choked. I'm a big fan of the Heat. Um, because obviously, yeah, I think I think the groundsman. I think he watered he watered the pitch just beforehand. I think I think that's what it looked like to me. Hey, great, uh, great catching up with you, Zade. I've heard a lot about you, so pleasure to hear your voice this morning. Yeah, go and, well, uh, Zade. Thanks for your call, mate. Go well. Have a great New Year's Eve, eh? Is the commentary going to be on the radio for the Black Cats or no? 
I don't think so, mate. No, I don't think so. I'm going to say no, uh, but I, I haven't seen or heard anything, mate. But, uh, yeah, thanks for your call. Anyways, hey, go well. Have a great uh, New Year's. And we actually just got some breaking news coming through here, uh, Mitch, which is uh, interesting. England's touring party is a seventh COVID-19 test. Following the latest round of PCR tests administered to the England men's touring party on Wednesday the 29th of December, one family member has tested positive. As a result of the positive test, England's head coach Chris Silverwood will have to isolate for 10 days alongside his family in Melbourne and will miss the fourth Ashes test due to start in Sydney on Wednesday the 5th of January. It's the fourth successive round of PCR tests will be administered today. The touring party have recorded seven positive cases, three support staff and four family members since a PCR testing regime was implemented on Monday. Both teams, England and Australia, are due to fly to Sydney via a chartered flight Friday morning. Tell you what, if you're Chris Silver, would you quite happy to isolate for 10 days after uh, look, what I'm, happened in Melbourne, aren't you? I love, a, I love a conspiracy theory here, so I'm just going to throw it in there that potentially may not. Uh, you know, they're, they're looking, the ECB has manufactured one. I'm just going to throw this out there. That, that, this is not the truth, obviously, but they're throwing one out there and I want to see how assistant coach Graham Thorpe or Paul Collingwood go, see how the dressing room goes. So they bounce back this test. I think it's over for Chris Silverwood. Yeah, I think so. I think you're I think you're 100% right. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where things go from here. It is uh, 24 away from 11 on SENZ. Your summer breakfast, Mitch McLennick and Ricardo Ball with you. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. When we come back, there's a couple of blokes that uh, kick around and fill in for us uh, when we're not doing the show, when we're not available, called Baz and Izzy. Uh, and they had a uh, an interview with Ben Robb, who was at the World uh, Dance Championships. Uh, we'll replay that for you next. We've got Big Rag. The Big Rag. Ben Robb on the phone. Benny, are you there? <laughs> hey, boys. Morning. We're wondering whether you this might be a bit early for a darts player to be waking up and coming on the radio. Oh, mate, my my buddy kid's got that RSV, so I was up all night. Oh, I actually did just wake up. Well, mate, I've good. had that. My kid's had it too, and it's pretty punishing, eh? Oh, he's pretty gnarly, yeah. But I'll just crack on with it, eh? Are you a drain layer as well, Big Greg? Yeah, yeah, drain layer and plumber, bro. Yeah. What? How tall are you? So, uh, six four. Is that the sort of optimum sort of height for a darts dartsman? Dartsman is. <laughs> nah. oh, I think it's, I think it's good for uh, scoring type thing because you're kind of level with the triple twenty, which is what you want to do. Oh, in the game. good point. Good point. That's yeah. the detail we want to know, Big Rob. Big rig. Yeah. Big rig. Yeah. Well, he's Big Rob too. Big rig. Ben. Big rig. Rob. <laughs> And what about, like, um, is there a specific weight that a dartsman should be? Oh, I, typically the, um, oh, the, the, all the wood's got a bit of a pot now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, yeah, we, we call it counterweight so we can keep the balance when we've had a few, uh, a few cold ones. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, the, the old shape was pretty much... Um, you know, you're so Danny DeVito, the penguin from, you know, 1970. <laughs> That's more sort of my yeah, physique, was, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that was your stereotypical size back in the day, but I think it's kind of changing now. Is there actually a training regime? No, I just put, I just put like an hour on the board every day after work. Man. Just pretty much just to try to keep like muscle memory, like anything you do. It's just about muscle memory and repetition, really. So what is the technique, mate? Like, obviously... 
are you looking down there? What are you when you're behind that dart with your eyesight? What are you What are you trying to look at? And, and you're trying to aim the the tip to the point. No, you kind of just kind of feel. So it's guys that like have like a like the mechanical and they have their they have their routine. But I kind of just kind of feel the throw. I kind of just I throw so many darts. I kind of just feel the the throw kind of thing instead of trying to concentrate and throw it. I kind of just I don't know, like like a field type throw, and then um, yeah, I kind of just like you're throwing a ping pong ball at the wall kind of thing, and then you do it, do it enough, you kind of get the feel for it. Well, if you if you're into your darts out there, make sure you are listening to Ben Big Rig Rob and how he's explaining his uh, darting technique. Because mate, you went to world champs in 2019, <laughs> so you're as credible as they come. So I guess the one question I've got: Do we have much of a dart scene in New Zealand? Um, no, not really. Um, it's, it's 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 a tight community. It's it's um, the same type of people when you go around the country and you play the competitions. It, they're pretty much the same bunch of people, but the quality we have is actually pretty good. We can actually pretty much run with, with the world's best. We just kind of need a bit more exposure and a bit more game time, and I think we'll be able to make some noise. And yeah, stuff like this is always good. Bro, I watch the darts on, on TV. It looks like a hell of a party, a hell of an event. So how how would would yourself get on that? How would Big ben, uh, Big Rob get on the, the darts league? Well, Big it's rig. pretty good this um Big rig, yeah, boy. <laughs> no, <Nah>, um, <laughs> nah, it's pretty much like for a sport or, you know, like the event that it is, all you have to do is go to a, a qualifying tournament, which is you just pay your 40 bucks, you get in there, and then there's four positions to play on TV. Um, if you finish first or second in the country in ranking, you get automatic spots on those uh, World Series mm-hmm. events. But um, that's what's kind of attracting about the game is that you can kind of just show up, you know, you can be a garage player, show up, have one great day, and then, you know, then on Friday night you're, you're playing on TV on Sky Sports. So for your 40 bucks, surely you get a couple of pints in there as well because to me darts and pints go hand in hand. and The only darts I play I, I find after about maybe six or seven I start to get my eye in. Is that, is that a fair reflection of most dart players? Dartsmen? Sorry. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you'd yeah you'd say ninety nine percent of the dudes are having a beer while they're playing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not many that don't drink when they're playing. It's kind of it's uh, well, there's old boys too. It's about the balance, you know. They kind of they kind of get a bit carried away, and then yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been banned <laughs> though, isn't it? You're not allowed to drink now in the major events, are you? No, mate, they they are all drinking behind stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, mate, I've seen I've seen guys at World Champs do a full bottle of Jack Daniels before they get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they're even standing to be fair. And this is why the show is not for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! This is outstanding. How heavy are your darts? Uh, I throw 25 grams, but they go as light as 10 grams and as heavy as 48. That's what you're allowed to throw. And is wingspan important? Yeah, it's all, it's, it is, it's, um, they all got different shaped flights and stuff like that. It depends on how hard you throw the dart. Like, if you throw real strong at the board, you want a small flight so you don't really catch anything and it just goes direct. And if you got like a lob, you want like a big fat flight to kind of, catches the wind and stay straight. So do you spin the darts as well, or do you just sort of more lob them? What are you? No, nah, I kind of direct. I kind of just grab them and chuck them 
Like, like <laughs> from six fourth, I just, I, I just went straight down the line, pretty much. That is so good. What that an insight. So yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. I hope your kids are all okay and they're on the mend. And we really appreciate you coming on, Baz and Izzy, and, and sharing a little bit of your experience about about darts. And hopefully, um, we'll catch up with you in time as well. That is Ben, the big rig, Rob. Cheers, Thank ben. you, mate. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Very good. How good that is. <laughs> Easy, easy.